welcome to that. I can't do it like <laughs> I can't do it like he does. I'll say welcome. Um, yeah, well, uh, what's up, y'all? Um, it's Thursday. Clark's not here. Uh, currently on the East Coast in Atlanta, it is 2.30 in the morning, so Randy's not here. <laughs> and uh, we had a guest drop out last minute this week. So today you're going to get me, uh, the one and only Lord Battle. I'm joined by uh, the lovely Oksana, as always. Hi. Talking to the mic, I need <laughs> I need to get a read. I wasted a good joke. <laughs> it wasn't good. No, it wasn't. Uh, but you're much more audible now. Again, normally we talk on Zencaster with people, so plug for Zencaster. Randy gets a nice, uh, even track for everybody, and he can mix them independently. Not today, as we're going old school, and I'm mixing this on the board live. And I'm running it, but I am, I'm going to have some help today from uh, my good buddy, Jasadi, who's here with me. What's up? It's currently uh, 11.30 p.m. here on the West Coast, and we just got done wrapping uh, Blu-ray Tuesday. I say we, yet I do nothing. <laughs> I literally make the thumbnail. Uh, it's the best project we've ever done. Well, we have Oksana editing and you shooting it, Jasadi, which it looks beautiful. And it's the uh, most consistent work I've done. Good. I hope you have. Fu- I mean, I hope you have fun. I know today you did. No, nah, it's fun. It's every week is fun. I mean, it's yeah. I have fun just seeing what Terrell can do every single week. Yeah. And seeing him <laughs> just turn the fuck up because from the first episode to like what he's doing now is just it. It's crazy, like, once somebody gets used to a camera. Get back on that mic. You're coming what? in so quiet. Why am I? What the f- Can you okay. hear me? Okay, now you're peeking. Don't get angry. No, but yeah, Terrell, dude, he eased into it quick. He, yeah. uh, at first, he was so timid. Hell and scared. again, if, if you're not watching his YouTube video, go over there and watch it. Um, he, He's pretty good at it. For as much as I'm kind of uh, allergic to the whole vlogger thing, I, I don't know. He he seems kind of built for it. And today, uh, he came in. We're we're up late tonight because he got early tickets to go see Halloween Kills at the uh, newly remastered AMC down on Van Ness, which I thought that place was just done. Like I thought they were closing it for good, and it kind of hurt because that was my favorite high school theater to go to. We I always drove out there, and that's where we saw everything. But he just came back. I guess they put in all new recliners in there, and um, he got to see an early Halloween kills. And he came back pretty energetic. Yeah, he I had a lot of energy. I didn't expect it. Also, he had a backpack on, which I don't know why I didn't question. <laughs> but uh, in it, he was hiding a a child's play costume that may be the most disturbing thing I've ever seen anybody wear. Yeah, it was. That that thing was so hideous. Like if, if they do another remake of Child's Play as a movie, <laughs> and they just had him play, like that would be the scariest thing ever. Well, he looked like he had walked out of the hills, have eyes, like <laughs> yeah. the remake where like a you know it's like a nuclear town and there's a bunch of inbred people. The the, the thing. Wait, what was that movie? Oh my God, The Hills Run Red. Is that what it's? Do you remember? There was there's a giant dude and he wears a little baby mask. Oh my God. Look that up. You come on. You're you're the Jamie on this show. The hills run red. I think. Yeah. Okay. Good. I'm glad I pulled that name. Oh, L- yeah. Look at the images on there again. Oh shit. We're on YouTube. Uh, Oksana, you know, she screen captures her computer the whole show. So oh, if you ever want to watch it, I've seen the cover. Is is this movie good? So if you've seen the hills run red, 
Terrell looked uh, <laughs> yes, very so. similar to the to the killer in that movie. <laughs> anyway, um, by now Clark's in bed. Randy's been asleep, and uh, he reached out. Uh, what earlier today he texted me and said, "Hey, why don't you have Jasadi on there and talk about Lamb?" <laughs> so if, if you listen yeah. to the episode on Tuesday. Uh, you were probably as shocked as I was to find out that neither Clark or Randy had watched Lamb. Those two worship A24. Exactly. And they didn't go see Lamb. I'm especially surprised by Randy because I thought he would have been right there right when it came out. Again, um, to Randy's defense, he did say that he had the opportunity to watch Lamb or Knocking, which uh, did you hear our episode where we had Robbie on? Uh, the recent one, oh the one. God. Wait, which one? Which one? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The one. Yeah, Robbie. Yeah, I did listen to that one. You, you're like, who the hell is Robbie? Who the fuck is Robbie? <laughs> Robbie Smith. You're gonna be working with them one day. I know I am. Yeah, he uh he came on and he was telling us all his picks from a uh, Fantastic Fest. Yeah, I and he know. mentioned knocking, and I, I guess in Atlanta they show cool. Fi- Watch, I bet that's playing out here. Is it? I couldn't find it anywhere. Okay, good. Then I don't feel bad. But yeah, um, unfortunately, we went and saw Lamb. Unfor- unfortunately, I just wanted to see if you're awake. We're both we're drinking wine right now. Oksana made us a couple of mixed drinks for our uh, late night party. Actually, this is going to be like an episode of the Overlook that there's never been. What? We're going to have fun. We're, we're going to have a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to turn the fuck up. I'll see how much you pay attention to the conversation. Normally, I'm looking across and Clark has his glasses on and I can't read him, but... Oh, yeah. I'm not a fucking asshole. All right. <laughs> that was playing. Well, I love you, Clark. Again, I, I mentioned on the show that uh, I, I watched Lamb and I wasn't feeling it. And I was kind of like, ah, I've, this is kind of like a paint-by-numbers uh, indie film. It felt very like... I don't just uninspired. I don't. I feel mean saying all this because I'm recalling to a mind frame that I don't have anymore. Because when we got home that night, me and you hung outside and we just talked about the movie. Yeah. While we were waiting for people to show up, and I ended up kind of like flipping on it. And <laughs> yeah, I went, like you know what? That conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of like it now. So I. Don't. It always takes me a minute like that from certain movies, like. Very rarely have I just like left out of a movie and like, oh my god, I really love this. Like, it takes me a minute. I gotta really like soak it up. I I gotta think about so because this movie was very, very, very subtle about everything. It seems like it, there was nothing that was just like right in your face, so it forced you to really have to think about. Well, it. when we get into it, you want to set it up? Oh no, no, I'm scared. You see. What do you mean you're scared? You're supposed to have a podcast out by now. I remember know. the last three times you were on here. I recorded it and I'm still I think it may have gotten deleted on accident. You're lying. I swear to oh, You're fucking God. lying. No, no, I'm serious. And I feel like shit. Cause we used a Zoom recorder like Randy has in the show yeah. at times when you heard like It worked out great. Yeah. So I also have a Zoom recorder and I use to record the podcast. I also lent that <laughs> recorder off to someone else to use. Forgot that the SD card was still in there. Okay. And he may have formatted the card and Oh what? It. He well that's have. not on you. No, no, it's not. No, no. I'm I'm just saying like, damn. No, I don't know. You're carrying some got, guilt like it was your we, fault. I I mean, yeah, because I lent it out and I forgot to sw- load the you know you, you SD knew, card you to the computer. You're like, this needs to go away. But also, we do need to re-record that. You shit. told your buddy, just format it, <laughs> <laughs> just erase it. <laughs> Podcast is tricky, man. I don't see how y'all do it. 
uh, I don't know. Ian, uh, when we first started doing it like five years ago, I couldn't even talk into the damn mic. I'm like, well, who the fuck's going to care what we have to say? You and I still kind like, of feel like that now. You guys but, sound like professionals now, though. Yeah. I do. You know, that's a uh, good and a bad thing. Why? Because I'm telling you, people still come up and they're like, hey, man, how much money you make doing that? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Well, people are asking you that. That means it's a good thing. You're like, none. And uh, I don't know. Honestly, I, I, what, I, it's 1140. I'm not going to get into this. I'm backing <laughs> off of it now. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm excited to do some tired drunk talk about lamb. Can you go up so I can read the, the synopsis? Unless you want to take a shot at it. A childless... Oh, my bad. Go, no, go for it. A childless cup. My eyesight is bad too. A childless couple, Maria and Ingvar, discover a mysterious newborn on their farm in Iceland. The unexpected prospect of family life brings them much joy before ultimately destroying them. Good job. Now, if uh, you'd gone to the movie at any point, like, and I mean, local movie theaters, whatever, if you've seen any genre film, chances are they played a trailer of Lamb before. Yes. And uh, you must have seen the little anthropomorphic lamb walking hand in hand like a biped yeah. with a with a larger human. It was very uh, Paddington Bear. Yeah, yeah. Which um, probably became the, my favorite part of the theater experience that we had, as Terrell flipped out. When that lamb came out yeah. and was had a human body. <laughs> now, you know, I think I, I can't imagine us not getting into spoiler territory here. Yeah, it's like if you say anything about the movie, it's going to spoil it pretty much. Well, I also feel like it won't because literally this film is yeah. that what you read. It's a couple yeah. who uh, they find a, a baby lamb person. Well, it doesn't say that in the synopsis. I know, but it says it in all the imagery. If you oh, Google yeah, it sure. yeah. and like on the trailer, yeah. and it happens fairly quickly in the movie too. Mm. And uh, I think that's why I didn't like it in the theater because I'm like, we aren't doing anything. Like it, it was a very um, slice of life. Like yeah. uh, the pacing of the film and the way everything was shot. Uh, a lot of exteriors. A lot of like. Uh, is it wide or long? What's the right term for that? Uh, wide is like you could see more from left to right. L using a long lens would be more like I'm talking about in framing. Like, is it like uh like a close up and a medium shot? What's the would it be a long? Uh, long. Sh nah, it would just oh like my god! Wait, Did you, you go wait, to school for this? Don't you wait, have like a degree? No, I dropped out of school. But oh wait, my, talk. Okay, first off, talk into the mic. Wait, hello. There you go. Yeah, perfect. So, what do you like? What shot are you saying specifically? Like, I wish we had like just a whole bunch of. No, no, no. I just mean like in a uh, technical terminal. So when I took my uh, film history class and I was learning, I, actually yeah. one of the first conversations we ever had, I think I was talking about um, film history 101. Yeah. And your your first response, the first thing you said was. I'm fucking sick of a, uh, oh my god, what is, what is the movie? Um, oh, Birth of a Nation. There, there you go. I couldn't pull the name. Oh yeah, you're like fuck, fuck the Birth of a Nation, bruh. It's like okay, like I get it. Like it's a pretty cliche commentary coming from a black fellow. If I should say, <laughs> <laughs> not like because us whites, I we love it. it. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, like in film, like just imagine like going to a film school in L.A. and it's like every class. 
you're learning about like a different aspect of film and then it's like yeah midterms coming up you gotta watch this movie and birth of a nation is like all like that happened like three times <laughs> and i'm like i get and it's like it's like and then they always give you the speech in the beginning like yeah you know we understand that this has some like really bad like racial tones but you know for the time it was very technically advanced and blah, blah, blah. and it's like i get that but I don't want to keep watching this shit. Fuck well, this shit. It changed the game. And like the editing and framing in that film is echoed through everything. It's like one of the cornerstones of a cinema language. And yeah. I think I have a different approach to it because uh, the teacher I had, mm-hmm. he was like, hey, we're going to watch Birth of a Nation. And I don't care how you feel about it. He's like, it's an important film. You're going to watch it or you're not going to pass the test. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, what the hell? Because I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. And we went into it, and I was just kind of like, oh, shit. But this is the same guy who, he came in there, and he was like, hey, American culture might tell you that um, when you watch a movie, it's time to eat. He's like, not in here. He's like, also, American culture might uh, have you really anticipating the end of a film and enjoying maybe a twist or scene where it's going. He's like, not here. You're going to read about the movie before we watch it, and uh, a good film will stand on its own. And you can't ruin the story because it's a visual medium. And I, he was just so matter of fact about it. That's good. Yeah, I was kind of just like, oh shit! Like you know what I mean? Like sat up straight. Yeah, I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this. And Birth of a Nation, the thing you know, like when Lincoln gets a uh, gets the barrel put to his head. <laughs> it's like it's like a long shot. Long shot. Long shot. Longer? Like, what? what? I, you don't know. I don't know. Like, what do you mean? Like it? Like the subject is far away. The subject is far away. Like if a close up, it's like you know you're on yeah. your face. What's the opposite of that? Maybe, um, maybe right. Like I don't really know all the technical <laughs> terms. I'm not gonna lie to you. Fuck. I mean, like, bro. I'm sorry. I had to. I had to put you I'm on gonna, the spot with this dumb shit. Well, um, honestly, it's like you. I mean, you gotta think about it. I'm in the Bay Area. I'm not shooting like Hollywood. I'm not working on like Hollywood sets. Yeah. So a lot of the terminology isn't really thrown around like that. Like the Bay Area is mostly commercial shit. Like I'm shooting oh, for sure. commercial stuff or just like like documentary style. So it's like I'm like a lot of these terms isn't you know, it's, it's even though we in the same state, yeah, like yeah. literally six hours separate, like you're gonna get different terminology. Um You shut the hell up. It is no it's true. <laughs> Like, okay. Well, I th- you know, it's just, um, like, uh, are, were you ever into the German New Wave? No. Okay. See, all I've taken is film theory and, like, history. Yeah. So I know, like, all those, like, little pockets. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite things about, like, independent film is, you know, when you don't have a huge budget and you're not editing, like, crazy, mm-hmm. you, you get shots that uh, the subject is far away or the framing has a lot of negative room in it, like negative space. And it really allows you as an audience member to like kind of ponder or like just think about the moment and kind of like live in it. And I think Lamb had a lot of that, except until post-screening when we're talking about it, I couldn't really appreciate... There's a thing you can do where um, a film doesn't outright make sense or things don't seem to be that interesting and you're like well if i look at it this way and you like are kind of like repainting the film or i think when we were watching i called uh how did what did i say it's like if i well if i'm gonna do mental laps trying to make this movie more interesting yeah i had come up with the theory that uh like okay so when we're watching the film 
um, a lamb or a sheep, right? It's a adult lamb. Wait, so are sheep and lamb the same thing? That's what I was thinking about during the film too. Don't we're recording? Yes. Don't ask. Okay, good. <laughs> good. They are. This, yeah, of course they are. Okay, you I, didn't know that. I'm sorry. I don't. I wasn't. I wasn't very on a farm. <laughs> yeah. So a sheep gives birth to. Uh, you know, we see a lot of birthing in the beginning of the movie. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's very uh, visceral, and um, it's not something you see in regular urban life. So it kind of worked as, like, I, like again, like if I'm trying to make an argument for this being a horror movie, which I really yeah. don't think it is, <laughs> even though A24 kind of marketed it. I didn't, I mean, I, I, okay, I can see. The tone you, in the yeah, trailer. The tone in the trailer, yeah. But some, maybe it's just me with A24 where I just like, okay, this isn't going to be just a horror film. I, what about like St. Maud? So I got into, an, Saint Maud I, I got into a conversation a with somebody. Okay, see, me, I think the third act of that movie. Actually, I didn't finish St. Maud. You don't? Why? You I hate not into finishing it? movies. But I, I was watching. It's, it's super slow. It's hella slow. It is not much going on. And the main character isn't that, isn't that interesting. Honestly, but I need to finish it to read. Really <laughs> so. Like you backtrack, you're trying to make excuse. What did you do? Fall asleep? Nah, the, no, no, no. Maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I don't know. It was just too like it, I don't know. Maybe it's too artsy. I shouldn't say that now because I like watching some artsy shit. I think I, I actually think you'd be into Saint Maud. It's one, it's one of those things where if you're like if you're nodding through a movie. If you're Saint Nod through a movie, <laughs> it's really hard to pick up on like uh, tone and like nuance, and that's why yeah. I was trying to describe it in the last time we recorded, because y'all were falling asleep or passed out during VHS ninety four. Oh yeah, yeah. That movie was garbage. So. But that's why I was bugging y'all because I know when I'm at like a theater and I'm like fading in and out, even if I my brain is telling me like no you're awake you're getting it you're doing it it's yeah. like no I'm not. Because this shit ain't sinking in. Yeah. And it, when I go back, I'll be like, oh, I completely missed this whole subplot, even though my eyes were open. I mean, with VHS, I'll try to do that, but... You don't have to go back to VHS. You weren't, like, pumped about it. The acting is just so bad. That's all I need. I, the visual effects, I can be fine with, even yeah. if it doesn't look as real. That's fine. It's just, if I, I feel like if I'm taken out of the story, mm -hmm. where it's just like, damn, this feels hella formulated. Like, you can literally feel when the actor is waiting for his next line. Yeah. Like, when it's that bad, then it's like, I'm not watching a movie. I'm watching two actors build up for their reel so they can work with fucking... See, you know, I don't know. When when you were saying that night Transformers of Transformers and Fast and Furious movie, well, I was arguing with you about it. Well, the acting in Fast and Furious isn't bad. It's just like it's not. It's yeah. It's just but campy. I'm no, no. I know. I'm not saying. I wasn't saying it's bad. I'm saying like it just seemed like the actors were acting, whereas like fucking yeah. Willem Dafoe is being that person. So the thing is, uh, you're watching found footage, and when shit comes across very scripted. Mm -hmm. You, you just you can't deny it it yeah. changes everything and that was the, one of my main critiques about that it was in like every every short even the rap felt they all felt very scripted yeah and it's like man you don't want that you need a weirdo like adrian tofey yeah. and uh because you you watch be my cat at the first uh right uh oh my God. i don't think i did okay we gotta watch that, that. it wasn't yeah because I, I was working in so my schedule was weird so i wasn't able to see all the movies yeah at the first half yeah, still. Um, oh man, 
But a lot of bring directors this back do that. to Lamb. I mean, I, yeah. I don't know, I, again, I'm fine, I find myself not excited oh, wait, about it. Wait, so, by the way, a long shot is a wide shot. It's just different terminology. Were you it's looking it's, that up on your phone? I just want to see. Yeah, I want to see. It's, I ain't fucking dumb. Look, I'm a... <laughs> look. I, I'm a fucking filmmaker. I, like, I I shoot. I'm, I don't know what to call myself. I shoot videos at this point. I'm not a cinematographer yet, but I'm aspiring to be. But right now, I'm just doing, like, commercial shit. And so, like, I was like, I should know this. Hold on. But it's wide shot. It's the same thing. Cool. They just call it. I don't know why they call it long shot. I'm ready for you to start directing. I want to direct. So, well, I'm right, actually man. I have something in the works for Uff. Is going to be coming out before Uff. Oh, is it a podcast? No, it's a film. <laughs> uh, like you might accidentally delete again. Yeah. Fucking. But like to your point, I think for the in the beginning of Lamb when they're like birthing all the different lambs and like how violent that shit is. I remember Terrell was saying like. Like damn, like when the lamb was like baby lamb. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you call baby lamb? Veal. veal. <laughs> Isn't lamb just cow. a baby sheep? Yeah. What? Oh, maybe. We already been over that. I don't know. Again, it, but you know, lamb, when, the baby lamb, when the lamb was getting up, literally right at like seconds after birth. Yeah, yeah. Like Terrell was like, "Oh my god, it's already able to walk." And and then, like I was explaining, so I'm like, "Yeah, like humans are probably like the only animals that." have to be taken care of like for a long time before we learn how to do anything whereas like other animals right when they're born they know how to walk and they start to get instincts like immediately they hit the ground running yeah yeah that's why it's so important not to split them up with their parents you get weird behaviors out of them they really learn everything super quick which you know actually that's something i didn't think about because when um you know, we see a couple of uh, the lambs being born, mm-hmm. and one of them, uh, the way it's framed, we can't really tell that uh, the little the little guy's got human digits or anything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the uh, lady, what are what are these uh, Icelandic actors' names? Are they even worth attempting? Ingvar, uh, one was uh, Ingvar was the husband, and Newby. Maria. Oh my God! Wait, Ma- scroll down more. Oh, the real names. Oh, I'm yeah. What's her What's her character name? Numi. Numi. Numi is her real name. Rapace. You know, she she has a really interesting look. Like I would want to shoot her because she's. I like her like face structure. The bone structure. Yeah, yeah. she's got high cheekbones. She looks uh, model esque, which was pretty the interesting. Casting, yeah, the casting was on point for this. Well, it was. It's cool because you have a couple of pretty people out there in the most remote. Like farmland ever. But I didn't think she was traditionally pretty though. Like she had like this roughness to her. Do you think it was earned or like she was born with it? Because I felt like they were a uh, like without ever articulating it, they felt like they were urban people who had moved out into the farm. Like that wasn't where they they didn't grow mm. up there. Like it felt like they were removed. Mm. And which actually later on in the film. With the uh, the theory I had, I think they kind of back that up with the dad. How so? Because his brothers introduced uh, in a car full of people, oh, people all wearing. Yeah, they yeah. look like they just got out of like some metal show, yeah, and they yeah. like they throw them out of the car. I wonder what that was about too, because they never explain it, even through dialogue. Well, okay, I'm doing a bad job of like getting into this thing, but uh, when uh, Maria brings the baby in. Uh, she she takes to it in a way that uh, felt very uncharacteristic, even from the short period of time we've known her. Why? And uh, well, just because the way she treated all the other animals. This one, she was yeah. like holding oh, yeah. like a baby, but it was so like 
Like it came out of a sheep. So we're like, what the hell's going on? Exactly. Yeah. And from from that moment of like intrigue, it's kind of the rest of the film. Um, the baby's on camera a lot in frame. Uh, it's not too long before it's like walking. And uh, so in the movie, you get kind of like a Polanski's uh, repulsion thing going on where you're like, this girl's probably living in a alternate reality Mm. where this probably isn't a real lamb person. It's probably just a a regular baby like animal. Mm. And uh, we're just seen like through the visual medium, actually with the Teton that we covered like two weeks ago, like everything was was kind of a visual metaphor. Mm, okay. Well, you didn't get that from Lamb? Like, the whole time? It's like, that ain't a real, like, Minotaur I thought, baby. I definitely thought about that. But then, maybe because... So, every Sunday, I film for this church. And Okay, what? <laughs> you know, every, where are you going with oh, this? Oh, you're going to see where I'm going. Okay. So, uh, yeah, every Sunday, I film for this church. Uh, the homie Pastor Chris. I mean, I'm not a Christian at all, but he's he's dope. Um. And uh, he basically had this, He his sermon had something to do with, like, the blood of Jesus and all that shit. But he mentioned, like, uh, like in the Old Testament of, like, you took the blood of the lamb, mm-hmm. you know, to put it on the doors uh, for, like, I guess, when Moses and, like, when they had the all the shit. Passover? Passover, yeah. He yeah, was talking about Passover. Yeah. And he explained it in a dope way. I'm just horrible at explaining it. But when he was talking about the blood of the lamb... I was like, is this movie trying to get biblical on a motherfucker? Mate, well, hold on, hold on, because, yeah, I don't know. I okay. <laughs> you know. No, I forgot where I was going with this. No, because uh, it talks about, I mean, the film talks about sacrifice. Well, you could also look at it as like a miracle kid. Kind of like. Uh, yeah, yeah, like Jay. Yeah, well, it's just like this baby came out like the in Jay the stable. Yeah. And it's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, manger birth, except it's not I mean, from a her, human. Her name is fucking Maria. Yeah. And that's the name of, you know, Jesus' mama. Oh, <laughs> the demigod Jesus that came out. No. And, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like uh, religion in art house film is just it's, it's the first go to of cliche, everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, we we're in a um, Christian culture here. So yeah. but this is Icelandic. I think they're actually even more christian up there oh they are yeah that's where like a lot of black metal comes from is uh lutheran is yeah, like all like that documentary that i like what documentary uh the one that um until the darkness until takes the darkness it? Takes, okay, yeah. yeah i like that documentary yeah it's what? pretty good don't it's yeah, good me. entry i don't it's just, entry it's, we talk you talk call me a basic bitch no because i like that well it's not it's not metal it's just black metal like, wow, what's wrong? Black? What, what you got against black metal? Well, it's kind of like uh, imagine if we were living in a reality where rap was not huge, mm-hmm. and um, the only attention it got was because a rapper had murdered a bunch of people in like a brutal That's way. Rap now? Well, not really. Yeah, it. Are you Look serious? At, what about the baby? <laughs> uh, the baby? Yeah, he got big because he murdered somebody. Yeah, nobody gave a sh- He got canceled. Well, I for, mean. Uh, yeah mass like the people who didn't know exactly but i'm saying like when he first got started in the game yeah ever it was like if you into rap like people knew him because of that shit that happened in walmart when he mm-hmm. shot somebody like they had a video and hell of shit um if you think about like you don't you're not gonna know these artists but like there's this Let's artist throw them out there. I'll, i'm a surprise okay you. little dirt and king Von. love little dirt 
D- Dirk. <laughs> but like Lil Dirk and uh, King Von. These two artists from Chicago and King Von got killed and on his come up, but he raps about killing people and it's proven that he King Von was a killer too. So like it's like that's how rap has transformed so much now where it's like it's so much in your face that it's almost like a promotional device of how these artists are because it's more and more people who really live that life that are artists now. Yeah. Like labels don't give a fuck. Like they're not saying like, oh, well, we gotta find somebody who's like approachable. Like they just getting they just picking them up motherfuckers off the street. Like, all right, you live the l- rough life. You can make a hit single. Oh, Let's so go. we've come full circle. They're doing Cypress Hill again. Basically. Where it's like, hey, you, 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 yeah. get in the limo. <laughs> we'll give you some lyrics. No, but the the whole idea or the point I was trying to make is that um I feel like black metal broke into more popular culture like cultural zeitgeist Mm. just from the horrific like killings because it was such an interesting thing and it's not an easy threshold to get in because that music is kind of like um i I, in the academic world i've heard it related to uh like operatic music a lot or like classical where it's kind of like you gotta like train your ear to it but like dude it's so popular now there's so many like hipster black metal bands well actually now i don't know so much but yeah same thing it's just like rap like people get big off of their mentality like like just like i was uh, we had a conversation about this before it's like um you can't you like rap is like the only genre or probably like on par with black metal where if like you don't really live that shit then it's like nobody's gonna want to hear you for sure well like, black metal not yeah not traditional metal yeah exactly yeah that's like, what i'm saying like, disturbed doesn't need any street cred yeah <laughs> but there you know there are black metal groups where it's like oh that dude he murdered three people and mm-hmm. now he's in the insane asylum yeah and it's like you know he's got a demo out that's like unlistenable I can't remember that dude's name. That's a real guy, though. And I remember I was, I went down a late night um, rabbit hole online and ended up on some <laughs> forum where some dude's like, "It's my cousin. He's still like fucking up. He's yeah. he's like threatening everyone." It's someone. Yeah, it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay, no. So okay, I don't know. Do you want to talk about Lamb? Yeah, I want to talk about fucking Lamb. Look, man. Like, okay, so. How did you? What do you think about the brother? Do you think the brother? <laughs> you think so, that motherfucker is all right? Cool? So the husband in this movie doesn't react in any way when uh, his wife brings in the little anthropomorphic uh, yeah. sheep minotaur thing. That gets better. The CGI gets better over time. The CG. So there's a puppet in this movie, and when she lays the thing in a crib, mm-hmm. it is fully animatronic. And it looked great. Yeah. And then they when it, they start getting cute with it. Oh yeah. my oh, god! They started to have it walk in. Like when it walked into the kitchen, that scene. I was like, "What the? F-? You know what it remind you? It remind me of Paddington Bear. I'm not joking. Did you? I never seen Paddington Bear. I haven't I either. But yeah, the, I the ads. I know what you're talking about. But uh, you never you never watched Sopranos, did you? Uh, there's no, I haven't. So Clark will probably remember this because I think he's watched Sopranos, but. So they yeah, had a, he, he loves the show, yeah. He so they had an episode in Sopranos where um cuz you know the whole show is about Tony in his in his relationship with his mom and his mom is like this older lady, I forgot her name, the actress who plays her, but uh Eddie Falco. 
Yeah, Eddie Falco. Um, but basically, is it? I don't know. I just no. <laughs> she pulled up IMDb. I saw some old lady with the. So uh, it, that's not her, Carm Carmela Soprano. Eddie that, Falco. Uh, is it right under James Gandolfini on there? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, because she's like fat. Oh damn! Yeah, her. I think. I think. Talking to the mic. I think it's. It doesn't I matter. Know. I don't remember. I don't remember fully. Sorry, the, the actual name. But basically, the mom. Uh, so yeah, the most of the show is about like his relationship with the mom. So apparently, so I was watching the episode one day, and I was like, "You seen?" He comes in one day to talk to her, and they're arguing, but like her face seemed really weird. And if you Google it on YouTube. If you type in like, if you Google it on YouTube, if you Google or (laughs) you know, it's a double entendre. Um, If you type in like Sopranos CGI mom, it'll pop up because it looked really bad. I it was so bad that I had to like Google it. Yeah, and apparently the real actress uh, died in the middle of like shooting. Wait, really? Yeah, and so I thought she was still alive. No, she's dead. No, the, for the mom, Tony Soprano's mom. Oh, okay, okay, not his. Yeah, wife. not his wife. Yeah, I think that was his, supposed to be his wife. I his gotcha. Wife. So his mom. So basically, yeah, she died in the middle of them shooting. So this was like, um, so yeah, they they but they still wanted to film this scene. But the thing is, they could have took the scene out of it. But they, I don't know why they kept it. But well, it was it, probably early two thousands too, right? It's early two thousand CGI, and it looks horrible. In that scene, it, so like it reminded me of that scene, like seeing the lamb first come in, yeah, like when it was walking. The it, it reminded me of that. It was like, ooh, this looks bad. Like you can kind of see it, like flutter a little, like the sides of the <laughs> of the lamb and the and the person. You could tell these are two separate things. Yeah, They're yeah, trying to match together. But I mean, to respect the people who do that shit, like it—that's extremely hard. Well, he, he, okay. Now, um, what I was talking about doing running laps mentally to try and defend the movie, I could do that here too. I mm-hmm. think um, having a confrontational CGI creature is kind of—it's um, it, jarring to the audience in a way that might alert them to like, "Hey, this shit is fake." Like it's fake. Like yeah. she's living in a phony reality, and her husband is kind of propping it up because he never even talks about it. They never even have a conversation of what are you doing, and they have a crib in their room, and they yeah. look kind of like ready for it. Yeah, they were prepared. That's what I feel like they were preparing for it. Like their reaction was never like, "Oh my god, what is this? This is weird." It was ex- like just exciting. Yeah, but then we have the uh, mama sheep. Yeah, start. Uh, uh, yeah. She's not very happy, and she hangs outside the window and just baws at them. <laughs> and you know, Buzz. the thing here's the thing with a twenty four. I I don't love them. I I do think they are like a genre. They have a style that's you know very. You don't love a twenty four. I don't love them. I'm why not? I I think they're too cute with the shit. Like I l- like cute. I think my problem with Lamb was that it. It felt very like in its lane, like with um the lighthouse, dude. Yeah. For a movie with t- two actors who I wanted to watch like play off each other, yeah. and for a setting that I thought was really interesting, like isolation on a lighthouse, yeah. It it's just like I had problems with like the mise en scene of the movie. I felt like there was too was much island. It's kind mean? of like um, 
as an audience member how you have a map of the landscape of the film. Uh-huh. Like um, Hitchcock talked a lot about it with Notorious. Where, I've never seen it. Um, oh, it's good. B-I-G. Have you seen a lot of Hitchcock? No. I always think. I actually think of the uh, the Duran Duran song. I haven't watched any Hitchcock film ever. You're lying. I swear to God. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. I was just. I, I mean, if it if it doesn't pop up, like yeah. my mom's a huge fan. She I has, just remember seeing the scene in Birds. My mom was watching one day. I came, and was like, oh. But. Birds is a weird one. Like, um, for being one of the like Bay Area, like, cause you know it's in Bodega Bay. Oh, oh, I didn't. Yeah, know. it's one of like the three films that they call like his. I don't know, uh, Central California, and um, I, my mom has the fucking Barbie, which is actually really cool. <laughs> Where she comes uh, being molested by a bunch of little plastic birds. Dude, oh, it's shit. great. Yeah, when you co- you got to come over there. I'll show it to you. Yeah. But like the movie, man, I'm not a huge fan. What? Lighthouse? Oh, Lighthouse, I'm not a fan. Birds, Why? I'm what not a huge fu- fan. Lighthouse is a really good movie. Lighthouse is whack. Why? What, okay, Mizan, what is Mizan Sin? So, uh, you know, there's uh, Oksana, what's the movie that um, I liked a lot more than Lighthouse? Cold skin. Cold skin. We got to watch that. You'll hate it because I think you hate a lot of uh, like action, like mid-range action movies. What mid. Wait. What is mid-range action? Um. I like action. You. Uh, Low-level studio films. You're not a huge fan of. Low levels. Don't. Get, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, no. I just don't like when. What are, what, are, what, is that, what are you trying to say? <laughs> like, horror movies, they always have, like, three different kind of uh, tiers. There's, like, micro-budget to, like, low-budget indie. Uh-huh. Then you get, like, they're, they're a big budget, like The Conjuring and stuff, Oh, right? but you're saying... And then there's, like, in, in the, the middle. Mid, yeah. In yeah, the middle. I, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a that's a fair. Because when it's, like, really, really low, then I can... There's something I can appreciate yeah. out of it. And when it's, like, high, okay, like... but. Yeah. Okay. Well, I the mid, the mid, it's not fun. I, I think the last uh, mid tier horror movie I watched with you was a uh, Itsy Bitsy. I hated that. I know you movie. did, and you know, I kind of like the chaos that comes out of those weird films where they don't have a ton of money, but they're trying, and it's like it looks worse than every micro budget movie to me. Like I hate all the pretty people in there. Everybody feels like they've uh it's like a high school play. Yeah. Like they just learned their lines and Exactly. I don't know. Um Yeah, so I don't know. What the hell was I talking about? What's mise en scene? Cold skin. Do you wanna uh Google mise en scene? I just wanna a, know the definition I talking about. It's the arrangement of scenery and stage properties in a play. So uh here's here's a um, so you didn't get a you you didn't get a full you can get the lay of the land. Of, no, I of did. The fucking lighthouse. No, no, no. The- I have the reverse complaint. What? Where I think if you're doing an like agoraphobic descent into darkness thing, mm-hmm. I want to be confused. Like I I feel like it should be a labyrinth. But in that movie, it's not about that being a labyrinth though. It's not even about like isolation because that movie wasn't about it. it was it was kind of about them being like, oh, it's heterosexual, but like there's some latent homosexuality in it, and no. there's a cute seagull and uh no it's not a there's a lot seagull. of farts that it's like make people, up. dude that movie was whack what do you mean because of the farts <laughs> i dude i they were making me that's cringe a, bro because of the far, the farts was the realism of it <laughs> no 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 no. because i listened to the po- you gotta listen to the podcast where the director talks oh about that. oh my god because he was saying that basically it, he, like bro if you're on a fucking island mm-hmm. with another dude 
for hella long. Y'all finna be farting together. He his goal was to make sure that you see every human uh liquid there is. So you uh-huh. saw blood, nut, fucking piss, all the shit. Uh, did you see shit? I think you saw shit I don't know, throw I don't up, remember. someone th- vomited. How did you not like that movie? That's a good ass fucking nah, movie. The way it was fucking played. Willem Dafoe and fucking They were not profound farts. They were played for comedy. No, it wasn't played for comedy. Oh, it, it was played for fucking comedy. What do you mean played for comedy? It was just it was a fart. How do you <laughs> So please tell me a, so here, a serious here, fart. Here's another thing. If uh you want to portray realism in every sense of it, wouldn't the movie uh, include a bunch of bathroom breaks too? Like uneventful you, no, bathroom break. But it did. It started out with a bathroom break. What are you talking about? I don't know. I don't remember. It. They had a bathroom. Man, they I don't like had, that movie. They had look, a look toilet in between the bed, and it's a beautiful cinematography. I don't know. Gorgeous. Better but, than fucking cold skin. The, so okay, and I, and I didn't even see cold skin, but I just saw the. Well, let's talk about like the choice of black and white. Like when whenever I see a black and white film, one I think of student, but that's fine because. You know what I love is texture in movies, and uh, I always think of Eraserhead, and how like you know fabric or like the radiator, like that stuff looks beautiful in black and white. And in um, the Lighthouse, there were two moments that I thought looked beautiful in black and white. One when a homie was getting buried in the dirt, mm-hmm. and like it was getting in his beard. I was like, that's a that's a beautiful moment to have in black and white. And there was one other one I can't remember it. I think it might have had something to do with the sequel. The See, but that's movie. the thing. I, it's too cute. It's like, what oh, we're at 24. We have a lamb. We have a seagull. No, we it, have a bear. It's like they have a damn animal mascot for every movie. It's okay. Look, for, as far as the black and white thing, this fucking director wanted to use everything that was a part of that time period. So he wanted to get the actual film stock of that time period, but he wasn't able to get it. So what he did was he used a film stock that was close enough to it, and he used all vintage lenses of that time. That's, that's a good and shot. And he also... Exactly, <laughs> Willem Dafoe, I love him. Yeah, exactly. Like, how do you not like Willem Dafoe? Look. It was too cute. Bruh. You know, uh, here it, um, I learned a lot about the art I like uh, from video games and Clark. Now, I was playing Cyberpunk a lot and i i was playing on a 360 when it first came out which was I like see how you was crashed 13 times the first week i played it and yeah. i i was just doing it and he came down he was watching me mind you this boy played grand theft auto every day all day he was gambling he had a dumb cowboy hat on he <laughs> it was it was pretty funny but he came down he's like i can never play this game and i'm like why it's fucking grand theft auto no, and he was not. like, "No, there's it. Uh, it's too serious." And I and I was like, "What do you?" And I, I sat there and I thought about. It. I'm like, "You know what? You're totally right. Like the humor of Grand Theft Auto is oh, yeah. there's none of it in Cyberpunk. Yeah, but I kind of like that. I like I like dumb shit that is taken way too seriously. Like like the whole concept might be like dumb and you know i i hate to say it but a lot of heavy metals like that yeah. where it's like you know like dio would sing about dragons all the time mm-hmm. but uh when richie blackmore was like hey we're not singing about fairies anymore like we're gonna sing about hot girls in cars yeah. and dio said okay i'm gonna quit and it's like over what <laughs> like fairy tale lyrics and but it's like but i, I kind of like that where it's like you're you will fall on the sword for the dumb shit that you treat like the most serious adult in the room. Yeah. And that, I think I just wanted a more like deadpan, dry, like kind of punishing application of isolation 
I think it still had that with the like I, I wouldn't get hung up on the farts because it it'd be different if they <laughs> farted like all throughout the whole fucking movie. They literally only farted. And it, he strategically wanted to put the farts at the beginning of the movie. To re- well, he did that to be anti art, like to be anti like because he knew people were going to be like, hmm, I need to analyze this fart. Well, what does this mean to well, me? Like he was making fun of that. Well, what shit. about um uh, the film before that that really showcased farting, which was a Swiss Army Man. Oh, I didn't see that movie. Okay, l- watch that and come back to me with your profound farting. It's trash. Okay. <laughs> it was the same director? No, no. Uh, do you remember this? That <laughs> Swiss Army Man? No, I I remember you guys talking about it. I think it, I think I got a one sheet of it. Watch okay. it and love it and I'll give you the one sheet. Look, I mean, I don't know. I just I like what A24 is doing cuz they're a lot of the movies that they come out with hey, is interesting to me. Me too. And a lot of the shit that other like I mean, it's separate from like the Hollywood like fucking bullshit. No, no, and don't get me wrong. I, I and it's think original. It's original storytelling. I only complain and critique the shit that I really like, and I, I really like a twenty four. I mean, dude, they just came out the Green Knight, and if you watch Terrell's fucking yeah uh, Blu Ray Tuesday, it's he your called movie of the year. Yeah, yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, the Boulay brothers broke it down better." <laughs> the Boulay brothers talked about the feminine, uh, like femininity in that world, and I think it really spoke to him. And they also mm. talked. They talked about females and sexuality. So, you know what I noticed? Yeah. I don't know if it's a conspiracy theory, but all these A twenty four movies have three like categories on IMDb. Oh, you're in the weeds with oh this one. <laughs> Are you sure it's not just IMDb? And they give every movie three categories, or they don't. It could well. You just pulled up the birds, and that one okay. <laughs> no, that one does. Well, okay. Now talking about taking things too seriously, lamb. and yeah, with lamb, you know what? I think that's why I was having issues with it because it was it was actually playing kind of like a, uh, uh, oh man, what's his name? Bottle Rocket, Rushmore. What's that? Uh, you don't know Bottle Rocket or Rushmore? The fuck. Do you know um the Fantastic Mr. Fox? I, I've I seen the trailer for it. What the I, hell is his name? I would not watch that ever. Again, uh, Wes forgive- Anderson. Okay. Wes Anderson, yeah. It's after midnight. I can forget who Wes Anderson is. Yeah. It felt like that. Kind of like whimsical and and like... uh it, it felt like an Icelandic folktale, which, I mean, was not marketed. It, that was marketed. Icelandic folktale. You know what? That's interesting. It It does feel like that. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it does feel like a like a folktale, and it's actually interesting because you know the thing about a folktale is they always have a moral, like it's always like you know I mean the whole reason humans tell stories yeah. is so we can learn from them. It di- I think it did have a moral, but though. this one it had a hidden moral. Yeah, and it, it was wasn't hidden. until so the whole thing that I keep alluding to is that the film clearly has a um, central lead Maria, mm-hmm. who is having a delusion that this lamb is human and is is her surrogate child because while you're watching the film you can come to the conclusion that they probably had a kid that died yeah. or like a miscarriage or it just didn't work out yeah and when she had adopted this animal her husband was like well you know what she's happy yeah so they just roll with it and it, it, everything seems to be chill and then kind of out of nowhere a car is driving down this barren road that <laughs> seems like no car should be down yeah and uh, there's a lot of life in the car. They stop. 
a dude rolls out of it. A <laughs> uh, girl comes out, throws the phone. She like chucks it way off uh, frame. Yeah. And then a dude goes out to get it, and then they drive away. And that <laughs> dude turns out to be the uh, brother of the um, husband of our pair. Yeah. Now he he walks to the house at night, and he you get the vibe that he's like an intruder. Yeah. And he actually but... sees a pretty candid moment of uh, Maria murdering the actual mother of the lamb. Yeah. She shoots it in the head and drags it away. And um a couple of the people we saw the movie would swear that was real. Were you one Never. of them? They 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 thought they really killed Oksana, a lamb. I think you were one, right? I'm one of them, yeah. No, I think I, I think what at, what they did, I don't think they I don't think they killed the lamb cuz I don't think A24 would even like do some shit like that. But I think what they did was they probably used a real dead lamb when she was dragging, I think that was a real dead land. Cause they had, there was a taxidermist. Yeah. So there was probably like a real dead animal. But I think all those births in the beginning were definitely real too. So I was like, I mean, who knows? Maybe they really did shoot this. All right, I got to do some Clark shit. Cause I got to take a piss hella bad. Go for it. <laughs> Some Clark shit? That's what you call it? <laughs> yeah, because he fucking walks off to take a piss. All right. Now, wh- why did you think the uh, the lamb was real, though? Like, you th- you thought they actually shot the lamb well, while filming. I I don't know if they really shot it while filming. but and Again, it wasn't a lamb. It was a sheep. It was a full-grown. Yeah, it was the, the yeah. adult sheep. But I, I guess what I meant was I think that dead sheep was a real dead sheep. Yeah, it, it it definitely looked um, authentic. Like I don't think they did some you know cannibal Holocaust shit where they actually shot an animal on camera or anything like that. Yeah, but you never know when you get the weird foreign films that seem like they're an acquisition and not a production of the company. <laughs> actually, did A twenty four pay for this film to be made, or did they just buy it up? You know, it doesn't matter. You don't have to look that up. Um, so uh, the the brother he witnesses this act and he goes into the barn. And he lays on a couch. Now, when the brother meets the rest of the family, um, there's a striking resemblance between him and his brother. Now, I know that sounds uh, redundant to say that because they're family. But I mean, facially, they almost look like twins. Um, The brother who wandered in in his leather jacket has got like maybe two inches on uh, the husband, yeah, they look they look alike. And well, the other thing is, he just looks cooler. Like yeah. the other guy looks like a domesticated kind of lame dude. Yeah, where this guy's got like a leather jacket. He's got like a salt and pepper beard. He's got a little bit like he's got the like unkempt, uh, combed back hair, but he's pulling it off. Like he's got charisma. And the the movie kind of turns into him being like a third wheel. Now, yeah. uh, to reference one of my favorite. Um, films that showcase a like triangle relationship um the knife in the water have you ever seen that it's polanski's like first film yeah i i haven't seen it but I we should watch it. that yeah that was um a very formative movie for me just on like uh drama dynamics and in this film i i kept thinking we were gonna go there mm-hmm. but the relationship with the brother and uh maria were it was weird like it felt like there should have been tension but then it, it was it like was. Well, there was eventually. Yeah. Like, there's there's a moment where uh, Maria's having taking a bath with a uh, Paddington lamb, <laughs> and she the door's open, and the brother's kind of lingering, looking in at the mirror. Like he can't see anything, but he's like he yeah. shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, he's looking in. <laughs> so later on, he comes up to her and he's like, "Hey, uh, I saw you taking a bath," and she's just like, "What?" 
he's like, you left the door open. He's like, uh, you wanted me to see, huh? Well, and the she, thing, too, the, the brother, like, her husband saw him looking in that direction, too. So, like... Yeah. Well, now, you weren't here when I was um, speaking to Jasadi outside, but there's a passing conversation in Lamb about time. Yeah. And he's like, oh, did you hear, like, um, they're saying they've invented a time machine. And uh, Maria's reaction is, oh, well, that probably means you could go back in time, too. Because he's mm. talking about, do you think anybody's time traveled, like, forward? And she instantly goes to the past, which is kind of like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, she's living in the past. Exactly. Yeah. Where with him, he's like, yeah, you know, it doesn't really mean anything to me. I, I live now. Like, I love, I'm so happy with my life right now. Like, yeah. I'm very present in the moment. Mm-hmm. And that felt so, in, like, it felt like he really wanted to believe that. And then when when I started thinking about it, there were all these moments that him and his brother had. Like, when his brother yeah. shows up for dinner the first time, they add another chair. Yeah. And he's like, what the, were you all expecting company? Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, not quite. <laughs> and then, like, the little lamb walks out there and sits down, and he's just like, the hell is this i I love the brother (laughs) the brother's reaction was like the audience's reaction like it was like we're seeing something from like our part of view because he's he's the only one that's like looking like what what the fuck like do y'all see what's going on right now like because before then we were just stuck with these two characters who were just looking at this shit like it's just a normal thing like you're just gonna have a lamb fucking half lamb the thing is nobody nobody talks about the elephant in the room no, like yeah. <laughs> nobody even mentions like why is that thing half human? Yeah, like I think by this point, the the lamb had like one human hand and one hoof. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like it was actually pretty interesting. It wasn't just like a lamb head, like it was actually yeah. like a hybrid body. And he's just like, what the hell? And then they're kind of like, what? And then I don't know. He's kind of like, okay, <laughs> except there's he's got conflict with the thing the whole time. Yeah. At one point, it actually looks like he's going to take it out and kill it. Yeah, because he puts the gun to its head and everything, and he can't. He just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, when I was talking to Jasadi, I'm like, you know what? I don't think uh, the brother was really ever there. It seems like they, the brother represented the past and future that like never was or could been for the husband and that's why he was like a cooler version like in the film um they discover a drum set in the barn yeah and they're like oh it's your brothers and he's like playing it and the lamb's like hanging out and like enjoying it and uh they find a a music video like the wife has a vhs tape of like his band's music video and they all dance to it and have fun and just the way that they were interacting uh like they share a kiss, her and the brother, and uh, she reacts not happy about it. She actually like pushes him down into the basement and locks him in there, yeah, where he stays there for the night. And I'm thinking, you know, it it would make sense if that's her husband and they've just had a loveless relationship, but now well, that it- the lamb's back, he's starting to like. He's like easing into it. He's still conflicted because that brother character didn't like the lamb. No, but it was yeah. kind of growing on him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but too, like the the one sex scene that we do get with the wife and the husband was after that. So it's like because before in the beginning when there was no baby lamb. Um, now, but they, the sex scene, it's important. What happens there? Oh, well, yeah, I'm going to get to that. But um, okay. <laughs> 
but like the as far as like a loveless marriage because their relationship was was pretty separated like they didn't they did not look like a happy couple like she was out doing it, it like they would alternate going out doing work and it was like you know how like certain couples will talk about like oh we're like ships passing in the yeah yeah like that's how they were like he that at one point remember he like fell asleep on a chair listening to music like they would never like sleep together in the same bed in a romantic way you never saw them kiss hold hands well they did sleep together in the same bed no no no, yet they did but i'm saying even though they were physically together they don't they didn't exactly they never held each other they slept on opposite ends um well and when the brother showed up he was like pointedly sleeping in different locations yeah and i think you know when he's in the in the barn sleeping on the couch when we first meet him yeah i i think it's really easy to say that well that was really the husband and yeah. he did see her kill that sheep and mm-hmm. it's like the film isn't just about her going through a delusion it's him too they're yeah. both living in different realities on a farm which is it's mm-hmm. kind of it really opens up that movie in an in a very interesting way i don't I don't know if I'd really go watch it again. What, what did you say about the the sex scene? Because he's he's giving her some fellatio. It's just oral. Yeah, and I I think that's important because you know if you combine the husband into the brother, that moment where he's like, "Hey, you were taking a bath mm-hmm. and you left the door open." Like, uh, yeah. was that for? Like, it it changes completely when it's not the brother who just showed up the night before and it's yeah. her husband. It's actually a lot more sad. Damn. When he's yeah. like, "Hey, like, yeah. are you coming around?" Exactly, yeah. And it's like, no. (laughs) And then, you know, they get drunk one night and make out and she locks them in the basement. Yeah. But then on top of that, they do have, like, an interaction later on and it's just him giving her oral. Like, I think there's still a, like, disconnect there. Mm -hmm. Like, she does not want to be intimate, like... Yeah, at all. I mean, yeah, most of the film she didn't feel like she wants to be intimate. But, like you said before, if if we're going off of, like, them losing a kid... Because they allude to it. She even says that, like the lamb kid is like is a new beginning so anytime someone says a new beginning then that means it's you know it's something separate from something tragic that happened before so um i didn't even think about that like you know it's funny like it it is weirdly gonna make me (laughs) remind me of like uh scream oh i thought you were about to cry no no okay Uh, and Scream. Wait, okay, so you watched Scream, what, yeah, last two days night. ago? Oh, last night. Yeah, it was last night. Was yeah. it the first time? or No, it was the first time in like 20 fucking years. Okay. I didn't watch it. I, I didn't watch Scream since like 2000, 2001, like early on. Like Okay. Uh, it was the 25th anniversary. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I haven't watched it at, I haven't, it was my first time watching it as an adult. Cause last time What'd I you think? It um, well, now that you're doing, you're into film and exactly. your cinematography, like um, I thought, the cinematography was amazing in that movie. Um, me and my other homie, who's like, who's more of like a cinematographer, um, he's uh, we're both like we nerd out on lenses, and we're both like trying to figure out what lenses they used and just the the flaring on certain parts of like the lenses, um, and just uh, just some of the shots. It was like really amazing, but also just like. I noticed that like the acting is really good mm-hmm. because if those same lines were said by anybody else, this could have easily just been like, I mean, it was a lot of comedy in the movie. Right? Yeah. Yeah. But it could have been seen as cheesy on some of the shit. Like, so when you first had like, 
Sydney and uh, was the was her boyfriend's name? Turn turn that mic towards you, Billy. Billy. So when you there first you seen like Sydney, like well, when Billy goes up into her room and he's talking about her, like, oh, yeah, I saw you know the Exorcist movie. Yeah, yeah. Like it's like, oh, you want to just like we can't, we can't. Every time I think it's scary movie there. Yeah, yeah, I think it's scary movie all the time. <laughs> I mean that that shit primed me, but it was just like, bro, this is like so lame. He's like, you want to dry? Like he literally says, you want to dry hump like with the clothes on. Yeah, yeah. Like what the fuck? But um, Dude, I was it was thinking, the '90s, man. It, <laughs> fucking 90s but no the uh what i was trying to connect it to scary movie because fuck the scary movie the the thing i always think about is uh the bad joke about like the coke he's like remember cut it with baking soda not he's like you don't want oh, muffins yeah. and honestly i don't even remember <laughs> that whole thing but the the what i loved was when he's leaving and she's like well would you settle how about we settle for pg-13 and yeah, she flashes yeah, flat, show, shows the titty. but in scary movie it's like a uh it's a dude's chest. Yeah. And it, <laughs> and he fought. Yeah, that's man. I just hilarious. love it. It's such a like, that's low hanging fruit. But yeah. Man, <laughs> it, every time I think about it, every it's one of those movies that was such a cultural touchstone that the parody that came after it kind of like supersedes it. Like, yeah, I, oh, yeah. like it's real easy to confabulate those movies. Yeah. Fucking. Um, oh, my God. I'm trying to figure out why I made that connection with Lamb. With Scream? Oh, yeah, because... Oh, yeah, I, I found out. So, basically, Sydney, like, because the death of her her mom, you know, she didn't want to, like, have sex, like, with her boyfriend. Like, she talks about that. Yeah. And so, like, you know, Lamb, like, this woman, like, she doesn't want to have sex, and, you know, it alludes to that. They had, like, a death of a, of a child. So, it's just, like, thinking about that, like, she's non-sexual at all, like, in most of the movie. Like, even during that sex scene, it was just, like... It wasn't really like sexual. It was almost like a sign of relief. In which her. in Lamb? Yeah, in Lamb. Yeah. Like in that in that sex scene, it was just like a sign of like relief. Like it was just like I'm, I got a good life. I have this kid. Like it's like I have this replacement. Well, it's kind of like um, overcoming trauma or whatever yeah. is whatever in the past has like locked you up. Like yeah, it's it's definitely an empowerment thing, and I think so even in Scream, which I yeah. mean. I mean, yeah, because even after that, like, sex scene. Yeah. But then... With the villain. Yeah. It's, I, you, you know, I, I love Scream. I know a lot of people don't like it, especially now. And re-watching Why? it... I don't know. I like Some of, some of this shit is kind of cheesy, though. Well, like with, the human. It, that, that's kind of the problem when you have a film that's so big. And it, it changes the genre. S- slasher films after, like, post-Scream... Mm-hmm. They're all different. They all moved away from supernatural, and yeah. it all became like um, a weird blend of like Jallo and like '80s slasher, where you have a high kill count, you have a masked character, mm. but it's also like you know it's somebody like it's somebody in this room. It's almost like Clue or like. So you think you think oh, because Scream wasn't supernatural. No, yeah, there was. It wasn't an undead dude, or like in the franchise, nobody ever came back. It was never a ghost. So. That was like the strange issue that I was having with, uh, cause, I, so basically, um, so during the start of Halloween, I wanted to watch some horror movies that I haven't seen in a while. So I, I watched, um, I know what you did last summer, and I still know what you know. Yeah, I still know what you did last summer. Yeah, and uh, the issue with that was they were trying to play both sides. 
they were trying to do the scream thing where it's like it's this realistic killer but then at the same time they're doing like supernatural things and they never explained it like like what so like the scene where like she uh, like uh the main girl opens the trunk and sees like this dead body which we find Jennifer out that Love person, Hewitt yeah yeah that we find out that this person really died and, and the it's full with crabs food, and everything yeah. yeah and then you know she closes it and then the friends come and then she's like no like it's right here they open it up and it's like clean clean yeah like, you know it's <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like clearly some shit's going on and i mean she'd have to be delusional because how is one dude yeah have you ever watched behind the mask no watch that movie because that's a faux documentary of a uh camera crew who's mm. following a slasher but the thing is it's a dude yeah. like you know he he and he kind of runs through how he sets that shit up and he's like now you <laughs> like he uh one of the first things he does is he picks a girl that he thinks has final girl material. Mm-hmm. And he, he talks about how important it is that you have to find her first because you have to start early, like cluing her in. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things about a final girl is they're very precocious. And in that film, they're talking about like they kind of make it seem like he tipped her off to give her like a head start thinking about it. So he goes to her work and uh, he like rigs the door to shut and he'll appear like he shows up and he's like she's got to look at me very briefly mm-hmm. and then the door will shut and when she turns i have to disappear like he's like calculating everything yeah. so unless somebody's doing that with a dead body and a trunk full of crabs i totally agree with you but at the end of the day it's a dude you know what i mean it's not anybody undead it's not a ghost it's not a but it does it still doesn't explain like no for that. sure like it's just it's just weird you know, I mean, I mean, and I get, I mean, that maybe it's like nitpicking. Well, it's a trope. But, it's a trope of but uh, they lean into it heavy on the second one too. Like it's oh. just like literally like a dead body, blood, everything spilled on the floor, or it's like blood on carpet. Really, you clean that up in five seconds. Yeah. Um. It, but, it kind of um. Scenery like, manipulation is definitely the magic of the post scream slasher. But it's like when Scream does something like you know, it's just like. It, it, they kind of make an excuse for it because during it, which is kind of says how fucked up the town is because you'll see a shot where like they're at like the store grabbing stuff before like the lockdown happens and it'll be like this. They're they're moving past like a package of chips and then you just stay on the chips and then you see like a reflection of scream and he just like moves away. They do that a lot, right? You, you know what's funny? I actually forgot how many times they, Ghostface is like in the background. <laughs> yeah, and you know, to tie that back to the birds, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a very like like Wes Craven, I don't wasn't a very visual director. Mm-hmm. Like John Carpenter, he makes a fucking like movie like you watch him and he's a fucking filmmaker Wes Craven I think is just he's an idea dude he was a professor before and I think he had great ideas Mm. and uh, the execution is always like a little wonky (laughs) and I know he must have been a fan of Hitchcock who in the birds when you watch the birds there's hella shots of birds just like chilling on a telephone pole yeah. and and i remember reading an interview with hitchcock where he's like i had to let people know that i was aware the movie's called the birds and that they're coming <laughs> so every time i see that shit i just think okay he's just he's cueing in the teen audience that they're targeting yeah. don't worry he's there 
Yeah. Like, because I think what there's a reflection, like you said, at like a 7 yeah. Eleven in a door. In a door, yeah. At one time, they're out on a patio and, and there's like a in. zoom. Yeah. yeah, bro, that's zoom in. I'm like, bro, is I this- <laughs> love that zoom. I love a busy camera. In horror film, like uh, yeah. Italian films did that a lot, where you have like a crazy pan, yeah. or like it, it'll just be like the cameraman will flip a 180, <laughs> and then it'll like zoom in deep into a park, and then you know, kind of out of frame, something will happen. I love that shit. I don't I, know. I why. wonder how that held like in theaters back then, because like me, like me and my homie, we watched it, and we just laughed on that scene. It's almost like. Um, like Spike Lee in a lot of his movies, uh, he'll have like the scene where like the main character will be like floating mm-hmm. on. He did it in like Inside Man. He did it in uh, a bunch of his movies, but um, in in like Malcolm X, he does he does it where it's like it, like in a pivotal moment in the main character's like life. He like the they're they're at, he puts them on a dolly, but yeah, they're yeah. like floating through the whole scene. No, total. I got you. And so. Um, I love I, that shit. Yeah, and me I, too. I, I wish they did too. it. I the new Candyman used that, and uh, I like I like floating characters. Yeah, no, I, I like it too. But apparently, uh, my my homie was telling me that like in screenings for his, uh, I forgot which movie where he did because he doesn't like all oh, of his movies that people laughed. Yeah, people yeah, I'm laughed sure. At it. Yeah, it's well, like oh. anything new. I mean, yeah, um, it's kind of the reaction I had with Malignant. Did you ever watch that? I I still need to watch it. I only watched the oh, half. When you when you watch it, <laughs> okay. So you watched like the half. I'm, that... I'm I'm literally up until after, like I'm probably like twenty minutes in. Probably. Okay, well <laughs> I mean it's like an hour forty movie. Actually, okay. it might be even a little bit longer. But the in the beginning of that film, the language I, yeah. and the choices are so weird. It's that hella weird. You have a reaction where you're like, oh, this is bad. Yeah, me too. And, I thought it was so bad that I thought I got the wrong movie. I know. And <laughs> and it, it's one of those things where it's like James Wan, he's earned like respect. And mm-hmm. uh, when I was in the theater, I was like, what the fuck happened? And I'm like, it, it's James Wan, though. It's got to be calculated. Yeah. Like, it has to be. And by the end of it, I'll tell you, it pays off and it, it works. But Okay, okay. But yeah, when you're doing a new technique like that, I, I just think when audiences aren't familiar with it, they don't have like the language, the initial thing is just going to be bad. And, I, you know, honestly, I think that plays into found footage a lot where yeah. people like when they're not when they're not used to it or they don't watch enough of it, then people get caught up on the like, oh, clearly this is fake. Yeah. And it's like the movie ain't trying to trick you. You gotta you gotta get on the ride. Like yeah. like, you know, join the movie here and then it'll pay off. But if you come in there you're like fake. Like the only film that I think actually um kind of took that approach from the audience and turned it into a positive was Butterfly Kisses. Mm. Did you ever watch that? Yeah, I remember watching that. That's like it's it sends you through like a rabbit hole of like document because that was one that was like a full doc, but then it was like but it's very self-aware and yeah. uh, and like the first act that they're talking about found footage yeah. like i've never heard in a found footage movie somebody call it found footage mm. like they're literally talking about the film that they're making yeah. but also in the idea that like was well, anybody going to believe this shit like yeah. i don't know that the conversation there they really like um we went and we watched it with a bunch of um uh, people who were reviewed for the Overlook, mm-hmm. and a lot of them they like to come in early and yeah. just be like, "Okay, here's why I don't like the movie already," and I felt like uh, that film just beat them to it. 
Like mm-hmm. anything you could have critiqued, they were doing it on camera yeah. in a constructive way. Like it, it, it didn't feel like cliched or like weak or just too meta. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like we got so far away from Lamb. Um, how you feeling? You awake over there? <laughs> yeah, I'm awake. All right, you ready to move into the next thing? I mean, I, we could close the book on Lamb. I clearly there's there's a conversation to be had. Yeah. And I'm glad you were here. Clark, uh, He his eyes would have rolled into the back of his head in five minutes. And No, nah, like, like I, I mean, honestly, I th- I wasn't going in. I, I mean, I didn't go into Lamb thinking it was a horror movie. And I actually, I actually enjoyed the conversation that, like, we had about it. And I think that was, like, the beneficial part yeah. of Lamb because... It's the best part of say, movies, man. Well, like, yeah, I mean, mo- down, movies, yeah. yeah, movies in general. Yeah. Um... But I just think like that. I mean, I guess I don't want to spoil like the ending ending, but I don't know why that ending scene was just so powerful to me. After we talked about it or before? It, no, even before, like just watching it, yeah, just yeah. watching it go down and, and it happened. Well, like, it's very emotional. There's, there's nothing you can do. Um, Without saying anything, you know, one of the realities comes crashing down. Yeah. Or, or one of the faux realities comes down crashing down mm. and i mean as long as you are empathetic even if somebody's delusional when that comes to an end for them you can still like oh man you can still feel sad like it, it yeah. the, even though the reality is fake the feelings are real and uh i mean the ending's good and it sticks like my theory sticks up it the holds end- up at the end the ending just makes me think that like just just look at what happens to both the males in that movie. But anyway, we, yeah. like I don't want to say too much. But yeah, it's it it really sh- to me I don't know. It's a very like w- women woman film, not in like in a feminist way, but like in a way of like <laughs> dare I say it? Like just say it. What are you talking about? Like it's not, like to me, I was I just thought about uh, what's it called? Um, like a miscarriage. Yeah. Have you ever like watched reliving it? like reliving a miscarriage? Ha- have you ever seen Repulsion? Nah. Okay, that's another Polanski film. Um, we should watch that. I need to get on because no, I no, watched no. I watched Tenant and I watched not Tenant. Well, make it make a make a mental note, Oksana. We have to watch Repulsion because we're we're already talking about black and white and like. Mm. That's a beautiful black and white film. Also, there's an homage Not, in a new nightmare. The yeah, the tenant. Yeah, the tenant. That's part of the apartment trilogy. Yeah, the apartment. I, I like. Yeah, the tenant. and yeah. cul-de-sac is the other one. His films just make me feel so uncomfortable. In a yeah, good way. well, I mean, he's a fucking uncomfortable dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, too bad he fucking touched those. Well, women. I mean, again, the Nazis, like literally, the like Nazi soldiers yeah. shot at his feet and made him dance. Yeah. His parents, you know, died in What's, a concentration camp. The exactly. man's been through a lot. The That's, Manson, uh, you know, had yeah. a couple buddies murder his pregnant wife. I, was I talking to you about that? I, I don't think so. Because I don't know if it was like you or like Josh, but like, I'm like, bro, this dude went through a whole lot of shit. Not yeah. to excuse. I mean, I get it. You're like, like nah, I mean, give but, him a give him a 12 year old. It's fine. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, shit, like it's, it's like, bro, it. Hey, I, don't know, it's, I you know what? I stand by the fact i mean it's clearly a fact that uh damaged people make great art yeah it's just articulating stuff that has been lost like 
it just it comes out in the art and it's yeah. always so interesting and um, i i think you know when you enjoy a film made by like a not particularly good person you're mm. not you're not celebrating the bad things they've done nah yeah i it's, it's so hard for people and especially in a collaborative medium like film yeah. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to watch Jeepers Creepers. I own Clown House. And I know if you collect DVDs, you won't, you're jealous right now because that thing's worth some money. But it's interesting. Yeah, like you said, like it's it's a collaborative process. It's not like music. Well, I mean, music is a collaborative process too, my bad. But it's, it, it, it is. So it's like one person, maybe not even a director. One person could be on there doing some crazy shit. The lighting person could be a fucking pedophile. And so what? You're not going to watch the movie because it's one lighting person? But but it's still very important to the film. Well, it's it's funny too because a lot of that is always behind the camera. So you're yeah. like, well, the work done in front of the camera, like you're not gonna watch that performance because somebody else did. Yeah. And I I've made that argument with people before. I was like, well, okay, so you won't watch a movie if the director's bad. It's like, well, what about the writer? Yeah. And like, they're always is- kind of like, oh, I don't know. And it's like, well, okay, what about the boom guy? Yeah. All right, let's go. The you know we but keep talking. What if one important. of the stuntmen like uh, roofied a girl? Yeah, you're like, okay, are you out? I don't. <laughs> those conversations never yield anything. Nah, you're never gonna change anybody's nah, mind nah. with that. <laughs> and ultimately, when you're dealing with the dude like the Jeepers Creepers director, that uh, you got to make peace with our justice system because that dude yeah. went to jail for it. And like, see, you, that's my thing. Like, if you if you went to jail, you already served your time. There's not much I could do because I'm not bigger than the judge that fucking sentenced your ass. Now, if you still doing some fucked up shit, then that's different. But like, yeah, like it, you because I mean, just like you know, they still tried to get at Mike Vick. Like, literally after he did his time and he went to go back to playing football, there are still people trying to protest his games. And it's like, yeah, this dude served his time already. I know. It's like, tough. It, yeah, it's interesting. Did you want to go into well, the it, movie of the night? I don't know. I'm kind of a yeah. I'm kind of intrigued by uh, speaking about redemption now. And if anybody can uh, know, honestly, Redem- I'm <laughs> I'm stalling now because I wanted to do a uh, you know. There's an intro to the segment that we were gonna queue up. Except now we've been talking for so long that the computer decided to restart. It's updating too? Yeah, dude. Right now. It literally just started. That's what I hate about Windows. It's like your forces an update on you. It's like you're literally in league with this damn computer. The real bullshit is that I restarted that thing like three days ago to avoid anything like this. And it didn't work. (laughs) No, see, that's the thing. At least Apple computers, they'll ask you, like, hey, do you want to update? Hey, do you want to update? Fucking Windows like, nah, bitch, we updating right yeah, but doesn't, now. But doesn't Apple just update in the middle of the night when you can't do anything about it? On the phones? Yeah. If you set it up that way. No. I mean, I don't know. The technology is fucking weird. Maybe we should just destroy our computers and go back <laughs> to fucking living how we used to. Well, do you want to... Uh Oh, because it's supposed to be TBR report? Oh, no, not TBR report. Oh, my God. Can you not ruin everything? Oh, I mean... uh, (laughs) No, don't don't say... I'm going to cut your damn mic. (laughs) My bad. (laughs) He loves to throw that thread at everybody. I know. Because I have the power. You know, if you're going to make me wear three hats every time we record, I get to, like, show one of them off. I didn't make you. I I know. (laughs) That wasn't directed at you. Um, Is there a new Jeepers Creepers coming out? No. Dude, but when 3 came out, people were boycotting it. Yeah, they protested the screenings. Was 3 good? So Victor Salva, uh, he... He's a pedophile. We don't got the soundboard. 
<laughs> I've lo- you only want it when we can't have it. <laughs> now, the thing with him, yeah, on on the set of Clown House, he uh, he diddled a boy. I actually, it might it might have been more like a lamb relationship, but I'm not sure. And uh, lamb relationship. Yeah, there was a callback to a conversation earlier about the one sexual encounter that happened. You you already forgot? No, the lamb relationship. Oxon can fill him in later. (laughs) Yeah, no. So, do you really? I was alluding to the fact that it might have just been an oral encounter. Oh, you could have just said he ate some pussy. Oh my! Except that didn't happen. My God. Oh, that is yes. It was an older man and a younger. uh, It was a small child. Anyway, he went to jail. Uh, He was convicted, and then he came out and made Jeepers Creepers one and two. And uh, they went and people liked them. And Rob Zombie had a song that would have been perfect for that movie, and they didn't use it. They missed that opportunity. And it's very rare that I say (laughs) Rob Zombie had a uh, perfect song. Uh, He had a song with a lyric that said, Meet the Creeper, which, Uh, like, you know, that's what they called the the slasher in that movie. Anyway, uh, yeah, when Jeepers Creepers 3 came out, though, people came out of the woodworks for that one, boycotting it, protesting it all over. Um, it was just strange because you could tell it was like a post Me Too, yeah, like era where like was it post Me Too? That's 2017. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Jeepers Creepers what? three. Go Jeepers Creepers, uh, but like four. post was it four? No, I Jeepers post? Creepers Reborn, the fourth installment in the long running horror franchise, has sold like- worldwide distribution. Screen. Uh oh, okay, so they are making another one. Yeah, when I was looking up the third one, that was one of the results that they suggested. Well, I mean, who knows? This is about, like, as trustworthy as going into IMDb and looking at all the production credits people have. Oh, yeah. It's like that shit is always based on rumors or whatever. Can you look at when um, Part 3 came out? I'm... 2017. Okay. So, yeah, right? That's some post. That that was when it was It was, like, in the era, yeah. Yeah, So, I I mean, it was... Well, I mean, okay, post the literal date i don't know it was when it was hot it well, was like, why are you an expert on me too you're trying to like you're deleting tweets you're <laughs> like oh, i gotta go back i gotta make me my too shit clean it's just, just an interesting situation like i was listening to the podcast uh joe rogan and and uh fucking quentin tarantino when they're talking about weinstein uh-huh um and it was just interesting because i know like people are like oh fucking tarantino should have said something he probably knew and it's like he probably not around him like that. Like, he eh, I, you know, <laughs> but no, no, I mean, I'm saying like in a sense of like doing what he does, maybe he knew, I don't know. But like a lot of times, like there's people that I know that does some shit that I don't necessarily agree with. And it's some illegal shit that I don't necessarily agree with. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just going to stay out of it. I'm going to do my own thing because it's not my job to sit up here and play fucking crusader and For sure. try to stop everything because it's a fucking grown ass man and that dude is old enough to probably be his dad so it's well, like here's the other thing I just don't now, think that him not saying anything about hold it hold on makes now if you're a villain. dude now it, okay say uh, I'm a producer right and you're working on a film and the lead actress it's like oh you, you can tell some weird shit's going on here's the thing like a lot of women they uh, can make a choice too there's a lot of power in feminine sexuality yeah and I I mean you'd be a fool to not think if a girl was gonna use that to jumpstart her career who are you to take that away from her like that's a choice she can make so I don't know the thing is you know industry 
like in any form of like company, like it could be a police station, Mm -hmm. it could be a production studio. It's one of those things where it's like somebody fucked up and this can make us all look bad and they always do the same fucking thing. Even the church, it's like, well, we got to hide it. And then I think once you start doing that, you, you head down this road where it's like, well, he did it once and he got away with it. And now you've kind of let everybody know, hey, we're going to we're going to protect our own. And then when you get called on it, you're so rotten from the inside that it's like I, you know, you think about it and it's like, you know, I'm not a huge fan of like government regulation Uh because I don't think it really works well. I almost think people like careers have to be on a timer where it's like, hey, uh, it's been 10 years. We got to we have to have a new guard. Like uh, we got to swap everybody out. Like we can't have the same head anymore because all of the problems that came prior and uh, that haven't been settled when they're gone, I feel like it just carries on. And I think in politics is rampant with that shit oh, too. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, so I'll say worse than than the film and music industry. Actually, you know, to bring that back to Scream, uh, Rose McGowan was oh, very yeah. vocal about that. I think she actually came out saying uh, the Me Too thing became kind of like cannibalistic too, and mm. it needed uh, like more nuance. Because people are getting like, I mean, dude, like look at Louis C.K. or like Aziz Ansari. Yeah. Like those guys were just like, those things wouldn't have been nothing if it didn't, if it would have just happened a little bit earlier exactly. or later. I mean, the Aziz, the Aziz Ansari thing I know more about. And it's just like, it, that was pretty fucked up. Were you there? What happened to him? Yeah, I was there too. You're like, I hooked him up. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the homie. Nah. <laughs> But like, all right, all right. Our stalling. Uh, I think we we got enough time. Oksana, you you good? You still awake? Nope. I, I mean, it's a fair question. It is now one a.m. <laughs> I'm not sure how much of this we're gonna leave in. And you know, honestly, we're not gonna cut anything on here. Yeah, I'll I'll throw it out there to Randy. Randy will probably listen to this whole thing and be like, "I hate it." <laughs> honestly, I love it though. Just, just sitting here and having like a free form conversation. Yeah. It's not um. It's not the well-crafted radio show we normally do, but it's definitely podcasting. And yeah, uh, with that, uh, you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Here's my favorite stinger that you've probably never heard before, Jasadi. For uh, everybody's new segment, their new favorite segment, uh, Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. <laughs> I don't think he's into that stinger. <laughs> what the fuck is that? I don't think anybody is. I found a video on YouTube of these uh, two very cute girls doing the Bloody Mary urban legend. And I don't know why that music is there. That is hella creepy. That actually, is, I'll, I'll tell you why the music is there. Randy played it. He, he, Dude, he's a musician. He's Randy fucking, is really good. He's a wizard, dude. I want My next film, I want him to do the score. Oh, Randy, you, heard, you hear Randy, that? Randy, you heard it. Like, we talked about this before, so. You and Randy did? Yeah. I don't know. He showed, me, he showed me some stuff. You going to have him writing beats <laughs> for your, your Urban Odyssey? Yeah. I, I got not, that clip of you on this soundboard, Odyssey. too. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we should hand this over to Oksana because this is her uh, favorite segment where we're going to cover 32 Bloody Mary movies by the end of October. Yeah. We are one tenth of the way there not even no i think we've seen two now i'm about to say you are really good at fractions I know. <laughs> I don't know it should have works. been higher like one one thirtieth or something 
because there's uh there are way more bloody mary movies than i think any of us anticipated but for this week <laughs> i like how you have so many, <laughs> you have so, so many tabs my open you can <laughs> tabs look like your tabs right now there's like 80 of them we watched um a movie that i guess we had watched about 5 years ago according to Terrell <laughs> urban legends bloody mary um, on a prom night dare, a trio of high school friends chant an incantation, unleashing an evil spirit from the past with deadly consequences. That did not explain. I guess that happened. I don't think <laughs> that that's not- at all accurate. Uh, <laughs> um, the, I mean, they talk about the ritual that you have to like go into the bathroom, turn the lights off, and then say Bloody Mary three times. They don't do any of those things. I mean, they do say it three times, but they're just like late. They're having like a slumber party and they're on the floor and then one girl just says it and they'll giggle for too long in between each one. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize this movie was directed by Mary Lambert, who also did Pet Cemetery 1 and 2. Two being your favorite movie <laughs> that introduced you to your uh, long-term crush, Eddie Furlong. I saw two years before I saw one. <laughs> Do you know Eddie Furlong? No. Uh, he's the kid from Terminator 2. Show a picture. I think I know you're talking about. Yeah, have you ever seen Terminator yeah, 2? Yeah, I saw Terminator 2. That's the one with the fucking oh liquid man. Oh, my God. You don't the watch Capri Hitchcock? Sun. No, no. When I you used don't... to watch it, I, when I used to watch it, I used to thought about the Capri Sun oh, commercial. Gross. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> God, you look like dog shit. See, there's... Why didn't you do like... Yeah. God damn. He was a kid in T2. He was in like yeah. American History X. Yeah, uh, yeah I know now. Nah, uh, he's got a Christmas two. album that Oksana actually owns. It's not a Christmas album. There's a Christmas song on That's it. That's right. He does heavy drugs. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he, he dated like Paris Hilton and I think they did a bunch of coke together. I didn't know he had a child. Who knows when the last time he saw that that kid? Oh god! Yeah. Actually, he was in the remake, I think, of Night of the Demons, and he plays a drug dealer in it. And it, it dude, the casting couldn't have been more true. He could have played the drug it was, user. It was perfect. <laughs> no, but ter- Terminator. You remember those old Capri Sun commercials, right? Vaguely, they turn into fucking the uh, guy. T one thousand. Yeah, because they they go all silver and then they like go surfing. I don't know. I they turn into Alex Mack. Yeah, <laughs> none, of, none of y'all had Nickelodeon. I don't, I don't know what's Alex wrong with Mac. I did have Nickelodeon. I just don't remember all the fucking names. I just remember <laughs> all that. I remember fucking uh, cousin Skeeter. Cousin Skeeter. Oh my god, cousin Skeeter was a classic. <laughs> cousin Skeeter is that show. Hey Arnold. Fucking Hey Arnold is a classic. I always wanted his room. Do you remember uh, Gullah Gullah Island? Bro, Gullah Gullah Island was crazy. Yeah, I saw. Love that, that show. Fucking remember the bear. The it bear. Was, uh, it was like the the baby Nick one. It was like a little bear. Right, he was a little I don't bitch. Know what the fuck he's talking about? It was a bear. It was a bear. It's, <laughs> it's called. It's called bro, not brother bear because that was a movie. It was like a little bear. There's too many bears. There's Winnie the Pooh. Too many there's Rupert. Movies. There's Paddington Bear. Bro, like kids don't like bears like that, bro. I didn't. I think it, it's all like just. That. It comes out of the teddy bear. Really? Did you have a teddy bear when you was a kid? Uh, had Teddy Rupskin. I don't know. That's too. That's, that's the one that talked. I yeah, I heard about that. That's, the, that's before my time. Oh yeah, my mom's that's very 80, proud of that. That's '80s kid shit. I'm '90s kid. Yeah, I had fucking Gumby. <laughs> I had Gumby too. Oh, Gumby's old. older than yeah. It what is, the hell? It is. It is. I don't know why I said that. I don't- <laughs> 
I had I, my, I grew up old. I might as well have been in the 80s because all my clothes is old as yeah. fuck. Like 80s. I had old hand-me-down toys. Fuck. All right. Well, uh, Bloody Mary. <laughs> so we open up Bloody Mary with fucking a stupid ass 50s high school. Actually, it was 1969. Oh, it's 19. Ooh, hey. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Why were they dancing to fifties music then? I, I kept I kept thinking it was fifties too. It looked very like, um, oh fuck, what was that movie that's like the Warriors, the Wanderers? Have either of you ever seen that? Uh-uh. No. Pull up the Wanderers. Uh, I there's no better way to describe it than like a fifties the Warriors. Yeah. Where there's like different gangs, dude. That movie's a trip. Yeah, their Not hairstyles from fit, fit that. Wait, what? That's from 79, bro. You can yell decades. No, it's not when the movie wasn't actually made in the the era. It's a period film. Oh, about the 50s? Okay. That's in the 1890s. Damn, she went too far back. They didn't have movies in the 1890s. No, it was based in the 1890s. It's called a period piece. I don't know if you heard of it before. Oh, my God. Dude, it's an old film. Yeah, Yeah, see, that's what it looked like. It does look like the the Warriors. Yeah. (laughs) Warriors, come out and play. Uh, All right. I love that movie. And the game was good. I don't. That a PS2 game? Could you even call this a Bloody Mary movie? I mean, well, yes. I mean, you are the expert now. So what would uh, what would it take to be called a Bloody Mary by you? Yeah. I mean, there, Do they need to have the drink? there was a dead girl named Mary. <gasps> Honestly, I think if you were going to define a subgenre, it's really important that they do the ritual. And uh, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I think if you say Bloody Mary, you know, honestly. No, I guess there would ha- it would have to be um, paranormal, too, like spiritual. Like, there has to be some element of, like, a ghostly haunting or a curse. Like, if they said Bloody Mary and then, you know, it turned out Jason was just killing them, I don't think that would count. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So this one is, like, three quarters of the way there. I don't know if that, I don't think the ritual, like, they said the rules before it, but then they didn't follow two out of three rules. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, they did well, still conjure up a scary ghost girl who did like the she popped up on your screen and she actually looked pretty creepy in some of these scenes. It will. That was a, clearly a great. I think thing. when you're referring to the first time she pops up, <laughs> it reminds me of that like uh, internet meme. Yeah, where the like, car's yeah. driving on the road and it's you're supposed to tell your friend like look really yeah, carefully. Yeah, like it felt yeah, like pop- that. Like it's just like look, yeah. and it's like okay, what the <laughs> fuck. <laughs> Well, not, yeah, I mean, that one, it also did the, like, you know, loud noise to surprise you thing, but, um, I mean, when she's actually menacing the main character, like, later on in the movie, like, when she pops out of her closet and stuff. Wait, so wait, okay, so we're looking at the screenshots, so in the, when they're in the 50s, I guess it's supposed to be the origin of fucking Bloody Mary. Yes, that is when the girl Mary dies. Mm -hmm. Um, they're chilling in a hallway smoking fucking cigarettes. I don't know what high school y'all went to. <laughs> like, is this? Are we in the hood? Like, who? What high school is gonna let you smoke cigarettes in well, the hallway? Here, let's uh, rethink it. Now that we've seen the whole film, who's smoking? Oh, <laughs> and what are they smoking? What are they? Yeah, exactly. Could be that. that I mean, she is your favorite character. I love her. She is. Uh, she she's got point. like a little Grace Jones thing going on, yeah. and uh, when it's revealed that her name is Grace, <laughs> yeah, I don't. It's not very shocking. It's not. She, uh, yeah, I, 
Do you want to set the movie up? I feel like we keep cutting you off. No, I don't. I don't know. Okay, well, so the film opens up with uh, a girl named Mary. Okay, so the football team roofies a bunch of girls at prom. Yep. Uh, they're dragging them to the car to do God knows what. I mean, we can assume. But one of the girls didn't drink her drink. So she's sober. And she goes, what the fuck are you doing? And they're like, come on. And so she runs away. Uh, she does the thing that they complain about and scream. And instead of going out the front door or yeah. to the room with all the people, she runs downstairs into the boiler room. Yeah. Um, you know, bada bing, bada boom. She ends up dead. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tuck her away. And, uh, you know, life goes on. Well, when uh, we have that slumber party, you know, in the, what, early 2000s? Mm-hmm. I th- it, this this film came out right around. You can tell. You oh, can wow. feel it in the DNA. Right after like Juwan and Ringu had been brought over here, and uh, oh, the Grudge and the Ring were big. No, actually, it's pre because didn't the Grudge come out in 06? No, I'm I'm pretty sure. Because uh, that wait that movie is 05, right? Even on the back of the DVD, they make a reference. To oh the, yeah, oh yeah, they yeah do. to I'm the Ring. They do. Uh, yeah, bad. it's yeah. it's all around there. Yeah. Um, and so we have our girls partying. Who's that actress that all of us knew immediately, but none of us knew her name? She was in House of Cards. I forgot her name. Um, she plays Samantha. Her name's Kate um, Mara. Mara yeah. Kate Mara. She's uh, what? American Horror Story. And you kept saying she was House of Cards? In House of Cards, yeah. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay, I've never, that, I've never uh, seen that. Okay, so. Kevin Spacey was like fingering, but she was not a boy. Okay. <laughs> So they they have a um, a sexy slumber party that ends in a pillow fight, and then while they're all laying there tired, uh, she jokingly says "Bloody Mary" three times. Now there's a moment that I wanted to pull out of here for an audio clip where they're talking about urban legends. Yeah, and um, they kind of talk about the whole movie. Yeah, they mention everything that's coming up, but it keeps in theme with the franchise where. All the kills are played out like an urban legend. In this one, they're all like disconnected. Like when yeah. people die, it's really weird because we're doing Bloody Mary, but Bloody Mary doesn't physically like. Well, I mean, she's a ghost. She doesn't appear on screen and murder people. It's you don't just see her until yeah, she like doesn't later. And, well, no, for one of them, she does. She shows up, but I don't. She doesn't kill anyone, does she? Well, yeah, okay, she, so well, for the one person, <laughs> one, so one of one of my one of the fucking best kills i've ever seen in a horror movie oh uh, yeah um has one of our characters get bit by one of the most cg looking spiders <laughs> in all history and yeah, that spider didn't look good but the result like it still was like gross well it rivaled veronica in like how like aggressively cg this thing looked <laughs> and yet you know spiders are so alien that uh it was creepy. Well, the next day she's, you know, hanging out in a mirror, looking at herself, and she's got like a pimple on her cheek. Instantly, I'm thinking scary stories to tell in the dark. Mm-hmm. Did you ever read that? Yeah, yeah. Oksana? Mm-hmm. I know we own it. I don't know if you ever yeah, read it. I don't think I read that one. So, um, you know, uh, it's like, oh, that she's got spider eggs in her cheek. Mm-hmm. Well, um, she claws at it a little bit and it opens up and a full grown spider crawls out of it. And it was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. They did like a little take. I don't understand why. <laughs> like she's not going to die from that. So she's kind of like freaking out and like, Oh, that CG spider crawled out of me. And then a shitload of them do. 
and they're not babies. They're all full grown. Yeah. And they use some weird like CG effect to make her face look wobbly, like there's wave of spiders coming out. <laughs> and then she starts flailing, and even though it looks like uh, it looks akin to like the ants in the Green Inferno, like it it looks worse than those ants. And yeah. they are never ending. It's just like it's instead of blood, it's just. But it looked Spires. good. I don't. And yeah. and then she's flailing, and she, she ends sold up, it really well too. Yeah. Well, she bashes her head against the mirror. <laughs> it breaks, and there's blood everywhere. And we're all kind of like, "Oh, okay, this is getting a little crazy." And then the camera frames up with her face, and she has two shards of glass. I don't know how they got there, but they're like like if you were gonna have devil horns on your head. <laughs> Imagine if those were shards of glass that, like in a horror movie, you would stab somebody with, like an improv, uh, like an improv knife. Yeah. And they were deep under her skin, and she starts flailing like it looks like um, a Hellraiser death. Yeah. Then she grabs them she and rips her face. She doesn't pull them off. up the way that they came in. She pulls them out. Yeah. She pulls them. Yeah. Oh my god! And it worked ripping her whole face off we were all there writhing <laughs> like there's blood everywhere there's still spiders coming out yeah <laughs> and this scene is so long and then meanwhile it's cut to uh uh samantha outside going she's just screaming her name i don't remember what her name was it might have been like heather or something yeah. but she's just like calling her name while this oh girl's my. flailing in a pile of spiders and blood <laughs> eventually she climbs all the way up to the, gets through the window yeah doesn't see her immediately breaking it breaking and entering doesn't and call the police sees her on the floor and is just like oh my god hey, dude it was one of the best moments of the movie uh bloody mary um, i didn't see her there yeah that's what i mean is like they they did they <laughs> have a bunch of urban legend deaths She's not really a part of almost any of them. Well, I mean, she's kind of like the deity of urban legends or something. Yeah, everyone does. Everyone kind of accredits like the weird. De- well, not everyone. Like the main characters accredit the weird deaths happening to her. Well, I, again, much like in a uh, post-stream world, there's a blueprint. It actually kind of felt like uh, the skeleton to Final Destination, where it's like, you know, death has a order or uh, death has a, uh, what do they call it? Like a plan. And they're killing people based on uh, revenge of who, like, let Bloody Mary die. And uh, their kid. Yeah, it's, uh, what do they say? Like, the kids are doomed to suffer the sins of their parents. Yeah. And, like, the way people die, we get a dude. I don't know what what the hell is the urban legend where a dog is hung, and it's like, I I know the story from other horror movies, but mm-hmm. it's like oh you know somebody's in bed and they put their hand down and their dog's licking their hand and whatever, and then um, you know uh, later on in the night their dog's like licking their hand they go to the closet because they hear something and their dog's hung yeah. and written in blood it says like humans can lick too. It's almost uh, like a creepy pasta. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. in this movie, it happens in such a way that every time the dog is licking the hand, we see the dog. Yeah. So then when the dog's dead, it's like, wait, okay, but the dog licked the hand every time. Exactly. And it was almost to the point where it's just like, and they're juxtaposing licking the hand with like him watching porn. So it already feels... Oh, it felt dirty. <laughs> it, it already <laughs> feels nasty. He was drinking a 40, too. Don't yeah, forget that. Exactly. So this motherfucker's drinking. So he's holding a 40 porn. with one hand. Yeah. Eating chips with the other hand that the dog is licking. Yeah. And he's going back in the bag. I was watching for that. I don't think 
I'm hoping. I don't think he put the hand back in the chip bag. After he did. The dog no, but in. no, he didn't. I, that he bag didn't. was well, empty. Well, towards the end, but he <laughs> was about gross. to. It it implied that maybe he had been. Well, it also in my but mind, this, I'm thinking, I'm like, what are you about to do to that dog? I don't want to. <laughs> I know it really did feel like is it he about to like hook up with that dog for way too <laughs> yeah. long. It well, was. <laughs> the thing is that scene doesn't work in any regard because there's kind of like it feels like a bunch of red herrings in that room. Yeah. And then he goes outside because he's like, "Fuck, I need to get more chips." And earlier in the in the slumber party, they mentioned the lamest urban legend I've ever heard, which is, "Oh, you know." Uh, Tanner put his hand in the vending machine and fell on him and he died. Uh, yeah, it's like that's not an urban legend. Yeah, it's just it's like, some. I mean, maybe. Oh, here's a. <laughs> if someone like pushed it or something there, but there was nothing. It was well, just I like... mean, it could happen. It's just like what would justify that as an urban legend? Yeah, that wasn't. That's just okay. dumb shit. That's yeah, like a, it's that's like stupid. oh, I didn't look both ways crossing the street yeah. and I got hit, <laughs> or oh, I was a uh, tightrope walking on a overpass of a highway. Yeah. It's like, oh, I fell. Oh, urban legend. It's uh, yeah. yeah. So the the thing fell. It didn't hit him. Actually, he he made off like a bandit. I mean, that vending machine seemed light as fuck. Well, also, like like he it's almost like he pushed it away a little bit. Like it was, dude. He got his he got his arm deep in there. Yeah. Like, have you uh, have you ever stuck your hand in a vending machine? Yeah, I tried to before. You can't do it. No, it's impossible. Designed to not. Yeah. Yeah, the arm that little flap bends up and it blocks you. Not him. He got in there shoulder deep. Yes. (laughs) Honestly, it felt like he could have been able to grab something. Anyway, it didn't kill him. He goes back in the room. I don't know. How did he end up dying? Oh, Bloody Mary, like, tackled him and, like, stabbed him. She came out under the bed. No, okay. How did I forget that? She comes out under the bed, kind of implying she was licking his hand. Although we watched the movie. She didn't. Yeah, we don't see it. She takes the 40 from him, (laughs) hits him in the head with it, shatters. Yeah. But... Only in but, a perfect like knife, yeah. it, it, so she's still holding the neck of it, and she slits his throat. Then, as he's like dying on the floor, she stabs him like twenty times. Yeah. But before that, she like shows him the finger in the bottle, which I, I guess forgot. is another oh. urban legend. Yeah. What the fuck so, is that? So they and they talk about the movie. They're like, oh, the urban legend of like the finger in the bottle. And so no, while he's drinking, while he's getting his hand licked by this dog. The, you see the finger in the bottle, but he doesn't see he it because he's watching it. his porno. Yeah. So he finishes the whole beer, still doesn't see the finger. <laughs> then after all that shit happens, he falls on the floor. Blade Mary comes out. She grabs the bottle and shows him. Yeah, like, she Look, shows him. Yeah. I was trying to do this other <laughs> urban legend. You wasn't listening. So fuck it. I'm not. Now I'm just going to cut your ass. that finger had a damn class ring on it. It was from the other guy. Yeah. It, oh, I mean, it had a ring on it. I'm just saying yeah, it should have like been it, making noise It would have clanked yeah. against the side at some point. <laughs> well, also, it was a... Uh, the finger was from another character who died slightly earlier in the film. Oh, yeah. Now, this motherfucker, he looks like a, he looks like a caveman with two pirate earrings. He's got, like, large gold loops. He's driving a pickup truck. And he's got that classic horror trope of... I'm driving on the road, and holy shit, there's a ghost girl in front of me. Yeah. Now, this fool drives right through her <laughs> and kind of calmly pulls over to the side of the road. And you're like, oh, okay. I guess, you know, being ignorance is bliss here. He just didn't give a fuck, and he's fine. Yeah. So he gets out, looks around. He's like, oh, oh, shit. And he goes back in the car, and he grabs a beer. And we're no, like, no, no. what the hell? He, he pounds it. He finishes. No, no. 
He finishes the beer. He already had an open beer. He finishes. Did that you one. notice the beer before though? No, they never showed it. Okay, you they didn't him, show it. Good. Yeah, he 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 brings it up to his mouth. <laughs> so you didn't know that he had it in his hand, but magically, in the magical world of cinema, he just randomly just has it. Finishes that one, throws it down, grabs another one from the cooler in the back, and drinks that while walking over to go take a piss. Yeah, and like oh, you almost hit this girl, but hey, maybe another beer will help you drive. Dude, it. It, it was so weird because it felt like I was almost like rooting for him. I'm like, yeah. dude, you beat the horror movie. Yeah. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, but now you're drinking, you fucking idiot. You had it. <laughs> and he walks over there. And the whole time you're thinking, oh, is there going to be a finger in the beer? Like, how is that? Is he going to choke on it? Yeah, That's so fucking dumb. Well, because this is a canned beer, too. So, yeah, it, yeah, I was just like, where are we going with this? So then he walks over and he starts peeing. And uh, again, I am reminded of a. Uh, what movie? Black Sheep? Do y'all know your Chris Farley movies? Oh, Black Sheep. Yeah, it had yeah, a know. similar gag where uh, the in-laws were trying to t- stake the claim or whatever. I don't know. There was money involved. It was some Adam Sandler shit. So it was either Black Sheep or um, uh, Tommy yeah, Boy. It was one of the two. And uh, so our character walks over there and he's peeing on a fence. And then the camera pans over and it says high voltage <laughs> and i don't i remember late 90s that being a thing like ren and stimpy yeah. did it they had the game don't pee on the electric fence yeah and i'm like god i haven't like that that went away like um spontaneous combustion yeah and people just <laughs> don't talk about that shit anymore and they did it bloody oh you know what no bloody mary showed up there because she flipped the electricity oh, yeah, she on. Flipped it on yeah she had one of those old timey like uh, hunchback of Notre Dame switches <laughs> that she flipped, and then Which he. I don't. I don't understand why it wasn't just already on. Like this, she came back as a spirit just to turn it on. To turn it on when we didn't even need. To, it could have just already been on. Well, I honestly I have no idea. Either. And he flew hella far. He flew hella far, and then uh, I believe the uh, coroner showed up <laughs> and went, "Holy shit, his dick's on fire!" or something. <laughs> and it was like what. <laughs> like his dick is smoking yeah, yeah. And, and they're like dude somebody stole his finger and then one guy went that's not funny man clearly a coyote ate it yeah like there's so much like fun dialogue in here bro the dialogue oh yeah that's one thing i wanted to talk about like the dialogue is just like weirdly more like this weird dark humor that's going on it, it doesn't seem like it's intentional <laughs> like what are you pulling up you took notes about the dialogue he wrote down like, his favorite lines. Ah, oh, fuck. I didn't write it down. But it was like... That's a good the, chronic. No, no, not even that. <laughs> so the so the son is like... Talk, uh, so like the, Samantha has a brother and his his existence in the movie is pointless until like the third act. <laughs> well, no, but, no, no. Hold on. I got to stop you there. Because now after the slumber party... Uh, oh, yeah. Th- the, one of the things that we both complained about was perspective in this film is constantly jumping. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we jump away from the girls, and it's on the brother for a while, and he's having a weird interaction with his mom, where she's <laughs> yeah. like, so he's got a stepdad, and we, we don't know that by this point, but his dad is a politician. Well, they and, make that very well, clear. Well, the politician the thing is very clear. Like, they literally have signs all over that says... Oh. And then the next day, he comes out and uh, he's like, where's Bill? Or I can't... Owen, I think, or something. Yeah. And she's like, can you call him dad? And he's like, no. Yeah. And uh, he's like, you're lucky I still call you mom. <laughs> and uh, she made some comment about like, well, when you wake up blacked out in Tijuana, Tijuana, yeah, then you can be an adult. And he was like... 
He made some comment about no, date rape. No, no, yeah, he no, said he's like there was a hooker. dead hooker in my room. It was like okay, oh, yeah. yeah. She said, uh, yeah, he said until there's a dead, dead hooker, hooker in, in my, my room. room. Yeah, a dead Mexican hooker in my room. Yeah, I was like, what the fuck kind of relationship <laughs> is this? Yeah, like what the fuck? I know it. It did not feel very nurturing. Anyway. Uh, they walk out in the front room and all the girls are gone yeah. and it looked like they had a party and it was like done but they're like where are they we we haven't seen them they're gone and, and they're then, instantly like and then the montage is interesting just the fade in and out well yeah and it, honestly it felt like the whole um, protagonist like like clearly the girls were going to be the lead here yeah but then I honestly I bought in and I was like oh shit are we shifting over to the brother so now yeah but then it, then it shifted somewhere else. Well, there's a moment where um, we linger in that for a while, and they're trying to find the girls, and they put out a police report, and the police yeah. come, and blah, blah, blah. And then there's a shot of the brother sitting in like a lazy boy, mm-hmm. and he's looking at the TV, and the TV's off. And mm-hmm. there's a reflection of his sister, and she looks yeah. disheveled and like dead, and yeah. she's walking in the room. And it's a brief moment, but it feels like... Oh, they're doing like some Bloody Mary shit. Like she's a ghost and you can only see her in the mirror. Yeah. And nope, she's there. No, she, yeah. And she's like, oh, I woke up in the basement at school. <laughs> and it's like, wait, really? Like the whole time you're just waiting for her to like vanish or something. Yeah. No, it turns out the uh, football team roofied her and her friends and then left them at the school basement. Yeah. Like they make that very clear. And even them, they admit to doing it. Which well, is the sheriff. Remember, he's like, we found Rohivno. In them. Yeah, exactly. and, he, and they're like oh my god and like they look the parents look at each other <laughs> and he's like don't worry we ran a test kit they were fine and it's like uh, don't you have to ask the parents if you're gonna do like a, a rape kit exactly. on a minor before well he did like they they in the in this movie they did this thing that I hate about like a lot of like independent well not even just independent films but like lower budget films do this this is straight to dvd i'm sure well like it's like let me explain all the things that happen off screen to you right now through this dialogue oh exposition dumps yeah (laughs) it's just it it, like yeah but it was funny because it was this happened right after so after they do the like the bloody mary thing right then they have like this weird montage where it's like it seems supernatural. We're like, oh my god! Like in mm-hmm. all these like flash, fast cuts, and then they're gone. Then you know, then we cut to the to the brother going in and and being like, hey, like wh- where are the girls? Yeah. So you in your mind you think like, oh, it's some supernatural shit, but no, it's clearly these regular fucking football players at their high school who did this shit. So I'm just well, also like the, none they, of that's on screen, and they they yeah. just mentioned oh they showed up and they said they just wanted to talk, and it's like you're so removed from that moment in the film and like we've been hanging out with the brother that yeah. it just feels like a lie. Yeah, it's like oh she's lying or she's like something terrible happened, and uh, I guess no they just pranked them. No, they did, and everyone is talking about it. it's like why aren't these dudes in jail like why yeah. like why isn't anything ha- like it's just the 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 whole plot and story just keeps going well we're on to this next thing <laughs> yeah i um i'm just gonna go ahead and say it i really like this movie <laughs> you liked it oxana back me up i liked it too uh i don't i don't know it was it was pretty bizarre like a lot of the <laughs> the dialogue and I was I was so confused the whole movie because like the editing was so like jumpy and and it and it's just like like you like you said like with the perspective thing like 
we went from the brother after like the girls are gone like we went from the brother something like okay now we're seeing it from his perspective but we very quickly go back because then she comes back but even with the girls you don't see the two other girls that was in the slumber party in the beginning very the, they kind the of fade of out yeah yeah but they were kidnapped too but in the movie, they always reference Samantha as like the main girl as her being the one who was kidnapped. When it was like, no, she was kidnapped with two other girls. But they they, they, very- they stopped talking to her because they blamed her for it. Yeah, and it's yeah. it's weird because the protagonist in this film is a victim who's uncovering. He, she's trying to get to the bottom of a curse that is affecting the people that you that know did some fucked up. Yeah, that, the, the the ones who kidnapped her, who basically did the same thing. That was done to Bloody Mary in the fifties or whatever, dude. Or the sixth. Oh my bad, sixty nine. What what a weird like narrative. Like what a weird story. I mean, I love that kind of shit because you can tell uh, Maria Lambert, I believe, uh, directed this. She's um, it's that case where you know you look at her IMDb and it's like, oh, her first five things she shot are all Madonna music videos. Like she was doing a list, huge musical acts, and then. Uh, pivoted into doing feature horror films and it's like man what, what was that movie uh last year that i enjoyed the gothic horror one it was called like the turning maybe was that it yeah that was from like a couple years ago yeah like that was another um music video director who moved into it and like they bring a style and like an editing choice that just it doesn't work for building suspense at all. Yeah. But in this film, we get kind of like Italian horror, kind of like Argento style kills. They're like these long, rhythmic, like drawn yeah. out the things. Kill, the kills I like, even as like cheesy as like the CGI and shit could be, the kills I did enjoy. Dude, they're just um, so like interesting looking. Yeah. And it was weird. Di- it was different. It was different than what you would normally see. It wasn't like. A situation where it's like, oh yeah, we're gonna get Bloody Mary hopping out the the reflection and killing somebody, even though she did do that. Well, once. okay, <laughs> uh, a couple other things I thought were interesting. Uh, a lot of people get punched in the face in this movie. Bro, it's a lot of punching. It, it never gets tired. It I every time I loved it every single time. Um, the Grace character. What oh, a what a weird. Goodness. So you know, in these movies, uh, like tropes for um, uh, for POCs. Mm-hmm. They they usually end up being uh, like what's a common one like the the mystical Indian yeah and you know I kind of want to like deflate that one right now mm-hmm. because they're doing a version of it here where it's kind of like white people are so imbued in like the enlightenment and like science and facts mm-hmm. that Western culture just is blind to the world of um, spiritualism. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, in The Exorcist, we have to turn to uh, the church to, like, fix it. Yeah. Because there's just nothing the modern world can do. And a lot of the time, you end up with a, uh, hey, do we have a minority around? <laughs> and, yeah. you know, a good example of that is Paranormal Activity 2, where uh, it's really just a evolution of the first one. Like, we're going to do part one again, but we have a bigger family, which in horror films usually just means more kills, right? Yeah. We kill more people. <laughs> and in that one, they have a... I believe her name is Maria, who is the uh, the landlady. Like, she's mm-hmm. a maid. Yeah. And um, they do the thing where it's like, oh, hey, uh, our minority friend. Like, she's immune to the Western culture blindness, and mm-hmm. she can tell us how to deal with the ghost. In this movie... Grace doesn't really feel that way. Nah. She's kind of like an interesting pothead. 
Like she has yeah. like on her uh, on her what coffee table is just this giant tray of weed. Yeah. Uh, a couple of times we see her holding a bong. Like we never actually see her hit it, but she's she's got like insight into the psychedelia or something. I don't. It's yeah. really loose and weird. It's like why are y'all turning to her because she has some paintings. Yeah, they make they make her out to be like this earthly, artsy, hippie chick. I mean, she has the the hippie van or whatever. She's got um, like some loose tie dye. Yeah, like it's actually was it was a camo. God, no, no, it was like it was it, they the fashion really, in this movie was so weird. Yeah, that it, olive pea coat with that like scarf that you kept pointing out. You're like, yeah. damn, that scarf is so perfect. Every time we cut, it to is her. like you're running from somebody who's trying to kill you, and that scarf is just nicely wrapped around your neck, but. No, like, uh, yeah, she, you know, she was that character who, you know, was the enlightened one who was able to explain it. They just, I was noticing they did the same thing in, uh, now that you said that, the and I still know what you did last summer, um, with the guy, uh, they actually used the same dude who played in, uh, The Shining, the, the brother, oh, the old okay. brother who taught. Oh, you're talking about the kid. sequel with Jack Black? Yeah, with Jack Black. <laughs> the, oh my God. The Rastafarian Jack Black. That's, oh my God, he. <laughs> well, we got Brandy in that movie too, right? Yeah, and she she makes it. Oh my God. She survives. She does. I'm surprised, but no, nah, uh, her boyfriend didn't. <laughs> I know, but um, but yeah, we had like he was uh, the guy from The Shining who played in. I still know what you did last summer. Yeah. He played a similar character where he was like telling them all this shit. But no, like um, it was interesting that she, like she played that role, but then she was like aloof too. Yeah, she kind of subverts that trope. Because yeah. she's not really like um, a mystic. It's not like she nah. sits down and does tarot cards. She actually is just a survivor of the original trauma. Yeah. Which is kind of like, she can kind of tell her about it and point him in the right direction, but... But it makes, I mean, it makes sense for her, ad, like, at this point, addiction to weed, because it's like she's trying to escape... She's medicating. Shit. Because in reality, I mean, that would happen. Like, if you dealt with some... Like, somebody tried to fucking, like, rape you and shit. Yeah. You are drugged. You're probably going to medicate to try to deal with Again, I feel like the movie goes out of its way to be like, oh, but they didn't rape them. And it's like, uh, (laughs) I don't know. Why did you choose to tell a story where a bunch of, like, football players are, like, giving girls roofies if you're not going to imply that they raped them? They're not going to fucking put them in a car to, I don't know, play poker. It looked bad. (laughs) Yeah. Like, yeah, that, um, but her character is just funny because it, I don't know, what are we doing here? Like, she opens, <laughs> she opens the door and she's like, the first word she said, and you barely understand what she's saying. She's like, power to the people, free Angel the Davis. I was what? waiting. I knew what? you what? died what? with it. <laughs> she was just like, what? And then she closes the door. Then we're like, she okay. shuts the door on him, like shutting him yeah. out. And then, you know, the characters are confused. And then the brother, he says he puts his fist up and says power to the people and she opens the door like up oh, like like that was the password like, all right come on in yeah, go, i think literally <laughs> and the movie's fucking weird <laughs> it, it is like Oksani, i feel bad you're over here fading how long we've we been talking like three hours oh yeah we're at like a two hour mark yeah we're bringing back them two hour three hour long episodes baby it's only 1 30 in the morning and uh I'm up, bruh. I told you I ain't going to sleep. Are you, you going into work tomorrow? Don't go into work. Fuck that job. Let's end this episode. I know, but are you going into work? Okay, I yeah. am. So I don't feel terrible. Nah, you calling sick too? We no, you know what? I um, Again, Clark, uh, Clark and Randy, you both knew this would happen. 
You we, we we came in. You know, I had all the intentions in the world of being good and like short. It's like we, we already talked about lamb. We don't have to do that. Instead, I felt like a, I beat it around the bush a little bit. We came <laughs> back to it, and then <laughs> we spent an hour on a, a movie. Going beat by beat, which I was avoiding doing. What? I know, oh, but Bloody Mary, I, hey man, but it's fun. Yeah. And I mean, how often are we doing like a tired, drunk, while drinking show? No, say the line. Say the line that she says. What line, bro? Okay, As a matter of fact, no, I changed my mind. <laughs> I like this movie. This movie's funny. Like it's fun. Like, it, you know what it made me think of? Oh, I, t- when she said I should have yeah. been drowned at birth or something, oh, bro. Or as a kid, yo. <laughs> <laughs> Or what about? Are you smoking crack? Oh, like yeah, it's just a thing you don't hear anymore. In yeah, film. like the the dialogue was strange because it's, but it but it's also real though. Like somebody would say, like I mean, I say stupid shit like that. Like you you don't crack. Well, like she says it so straight faced and like doesn't ever crack a smile. <laughs> exactly. So it's so it's done straight, and it's like you don't expect these characters to say shit like that. Like mm-hmm. when you when you're seeing a scene set up like this, you're not expecting somebody to say, "Are you smoking crack?" Like she literally <laughs> said like that. Or like or just like the morbid humor of like, "Yeah, I should have been drowned at birth." And then he's just like no one reacts to it like like damn, y'all depressed. Not, it felt very '90s to me in that way, like kind of yeah. like where the kids were like too smart for their age or something, and like kind of sarcastic. Yeah, I don't know. We we should wrap this thing up. Um, I think we talked about this movie for its entire run more than anybody else ever has, but it's fine. You know, <laughs> but wait, again, wait, wait, wait. I just want to say this one part about the movie. We can't. Okay, go for part. it. So at the cl- I'm gonna I'm gonna fuck up spoiling this. So at the third act of the film, <laughs> so we find out that Samantha has to take the original Bloody Mary's body and bury it because she didn't have a proper burial because no one was able to find her body. So she she goes with the hippie black lady, right, to the school to go grab her body so she can help her <laughs> bury the body. She goes, she grabs the body, comes back to the van, and <laughs> the hippie lady, we think, because they're getting chased by some hooded figure that we don't know who it is, and we think that, oh, shit, she's dead. Yeah. But she's like waking her up. This... The hippie lady fell asleep from a fucking weed coma. Now, you know. (laughs) And what's the line that she says? Well, it's one of those things where it's like you think the character isn't as informed as the the audience because she doesn't know she's like in a horror movie, even though by this point it should be clear. Yeah. And it's like, well, she's not bleeding in there. Like, Grace doesn't look like she looks dead. Yeah. But she hasn't been stabbed. Yeah, and then she I, she just assumes, like, oh, she passed out from smoking. And that's, yeah, what she says. She did, oh, damn, that must have been some strong chronic. Yeah, she's something. like, oh, some strong chronic. <laughs> chronic? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and it's 2005. I don't think we were saying chronic then, shit. I, but, I said, bro, that was the funniest shit. I don't know. Was was Dr. Dre big right then? That might have been right I, oh, in line I mean, with this Dr. album. Oh, I mean, Dr. Dre was, yeah. But that was late 90s, though. That wasn't... Too, I feel like that's too far removed. I don't know. 2001. Oh, uh, yeah. Four years Four removed. Years, I yeah. feel like that culture, yeah. But The Chronic. But, like, for that movie not to be a parody and not be the reason that slowed you down... Like, they were literally seconds away from being killed by the killer. Like, he was chasing after them. And what slowed her down was this high-ass bitch. <laughs> I'm... <sighs> You know, I I think, you know, you get those weird um, cultural, you get like the out of touch kind of hip 
parent vibe from yeah. all these people that do music video directing. Where it's kind of like, oh, I live in the MTV world, and I'm coming over here to make a movie. And you're like, that's not regular life. Like, yeah. you're doing some TRL shit right now, and nobody yeah. talks about those some good chronic. <laughs> anyway, yeah, let's wrap this thing up. Um, I love you to death, Josadi, and I knew this would be a lot of fun. Uh, I don't know if this ha- if we have another guest fall through. I don't Call see why me. we couldn't. I don't see why we. I want to drink some up. more of this fucking wine mixed with vodka. I don't know why you did that. That's a fucking death trap. Well, also, I love it. I really, I wanted Terrell to be in here, but he, him and his boyfriend, they both had work at like. Yeah. Well, I mean, not much later than I do, but. They're responsible. They're not going to be up here until one thirty talking about Bloody Mary, <laughs> urban legend. Well, I'm, all right. How many movies you got left to wrap this Bloody Mary thing up? I believe I have 26. All right. Well, we got we got two weeks left, two more episodes in October. Yeah. I want to watch another one now. You all right. Well, put me on the, I hope you all uh, watch had fun with us just like fucking around late night like this. Um, don't get used to it. I'm I'm yeah, sure Clark is going to be very mad at me. This is going to be our new episode. This is going to be our new uh, segment. Hey, you show. know what? When you start your show, I will happily come over there and do whatever you want like this. L- bruh, we just should. don't delete it. I'm not. We're going to record it here. You're going to have the files. All right. Say goodbye to people. All right, guys. Have fun. Stay dangerous. <laughs>